Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... No! Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Monday, February 19th, 2000. 24. Hello again, everyone. Uh, I sure hope you're doing well. Welcome back to the program. Hope you had a lovely weekend. If you are off today observing President's Day, happy President's Day to you. Frank, very quick. President's Day, what is it? What are we George celebrating? Washington's birthday. Too damn smart. To look it's it actually up. several presidents. No, 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 no. Third, uh, third Monday in February. It's his birthday. I think his birthday was, in fact, seven. 18th of February? There you go. Anyway, here we are. I thought I would get you, but uh, alas, you're too you're too knowledgeable. You're too smart, Frank. It's a curse. Well done. Well done. Uh, so anyway, uh, very quiet around these parts. It took me like 10 minutes to get here. Uh, office is completely empty, and this is the way we like it. It reminds me of the old days, and of course, we couldn't miss today's program. It's a post-pay-per-view Monday. These are the best shows And my, oh my, do we have a lot to talk about on this Monday. All Things 298, the aftermath, we have a new champion at 145. We've got some top contenders, stars born left and right. And we can finally answer the mystery that has been plaguing us, that has been on our minds for well over a year. We finally have the answer to what will main event UFC 300 on April 13th. We will get into all that and more. Four great guests Lots to discuss, lots to digest, lots to dissect, so much going down. As always, we are presented by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings, the crown is yours. I'll tell you more about them later on in the program. We appreciate their support very much. Also presented by our good friends over at BetterHelp. Good people over there, great people over there, and appreciate their support very much as well. All right, uh, what are we doing on today's program? Back end of the show, we'll see how the Parlay Boys did. I also have a message from one Juliana Pena to the Parlay Boys, so stay tuned for that. Also see how GC did and uh, talk about the weekend that was from a betting perspective. Prior to that, we'll be joined by the Welsh gangster who stole everyone's heart 
and did such a great job in his debut appearance on Wednesday. Then he goes out and wins his UFC debut on Saturday against Val Woodburn. And let's be honest, it was not a walk in the park. It was not an easy one. I honestly thought he was done in the first round. Landed a beautiful head kick. Sounded like an aluminum bat hitting a baseball. And uh, Val Woodburn didn't flinch and just kept on trucking and then looked to be this close to finishing Oban Elliott. Credit to Oban. He was able to survive, and he ended up winning uh, via decision. So a huge win, a sort of monkey off of uh, Oban's back. He's now one and owned the UFC, and he had an amazing weekend, of course, linking up with the likes of Chael Sonnen and Michael Bisping. Even CM Punk, the best in the world, was there. So I am looking forward to talking to him about all of that. Also in attendance on Saturday, didn't compete, but he was there. Sean O'Malley, what a what a scene it was after Marab Dwalishvili beat Henry Cejudo. They cut to O'Malley sitting in the front row next to his head coach and very good friend Tim Welch, and he's rocking the uh, the fur coat, the glasses, unimpressed, unbothered. Anyway, he's up next, two ninety nine, coming up on the 9th of March in Miami. That's the big one. Sean O'Malley, Cheeto Vera, two. O'Malley's first title defense. Want to talk to him about Marab. Want to talk to him about Ilya. Want to talk to him about that fight coming up and a whole lot more. Stay tuned. The Sugar Show joins us at approximately 3 Eastern. The aforementioned Marab Duwalishvili got the massive win. More on him in a moment. But he'll join us at 2.30 to talk about the big win and where he goes from here and what a night it was for Georgian MMA and for the country of Georgia uh, amazing scenes, and we'll talk about those scenes as well in this first hour. And Ian Machado Gary, who uh, was uh, on a lot of people's minds going into this weekend, comes out victorious once again, now 7-0 and in the UFC, still undefeated in his career, this time beating Jeff Neal, arguably his toughest test to date when you consider the fact that Jeff Neal had a full camp, Neil Magny didn't. Um, this is a very impressive win. I know some people thought it should have been a hell of a lot closer. One judge had it for Jeff. I had it 29-28 for Ian. He wants Colby Covington. Does he get Colby Covington? Does he get a Sean Brady type? We'll talk about all of that and more with Ian Gary. But let us get into it, my friends. Oh, I can't wait. I love these days. I love these shows. I love these weekends. Um, a very fun weekend in the books. For yours truly, I uh, had my son's birthday on Friday. That was great. We had, uh, what else did we have? We had all kinds of sporting events. The All-Star Weekend was, Saturday was fine. Uh, Sunday was horrendous. Uh, He had a big forest win on Saturday morning against West Ham. So a lot going on. But of course, all eyes were on Saturday night in Anaheim, UFC 298. And we've talked about the fact that Anaheim has hosted a lot of memorable UFC moments and events. Now you can add 298 to that equation as well. Because it feels like when you were watching that on Saturday, when you were watching Ilya Teporia on Saturday, do what he did to Alex Volkanovsky. In case you don't know by now, he wins via stoppage in the second round after losing the first. But it was a close first round. It was not a one-sided first round. It was almost like a tale of three rounds in one in that the first third felt like it was Volkanovsky and the, uh, the leg kicks. The second third felt like it was Teporia and the calf kicks. And then the third third felt like it was Volkanovski in the boxing. And then Volk was looking pretty good in the second round. But then what does everyone say about Ilya Teporia? They say, don't let him back you up against the fence. Don't let him 
throw a barrage of punches, his power, his speed. Don't let him trap you there, and that's what he did. Volk up against the, the, the fence. He throws a nasty combination. He lands the right hook, and it's all she wrote for Alex Volkanovsky. And I obviously have some thoughts on Volk and where he goes from here, but let us give Ilya Tapuria his flowers, or perhaps I should say his roses, because that was a star-making performance. And there are sometimes... When you watch these wins, when you watch these, these, these title-changing moments, these victories for a new champion, sometimes it just feels like a moment, and then sometimes it feels like something. It feels like something when Conor McGregor knocks out Jose Aldo. It feels like something when Israel Desanya knocks out Robert Whitaker. It feels like something when Sugar Sean O'Malley knocks out Aljamain Sterling. And on Saturday, to me, it felt like something when Taporia knocked out Volkanovsky. Because of who Volkanovsky is, because of how good he was since 2019, since becoming champion in December of 2019, but in large part because of who Ilya Tapori is and how he conducts himself. I'll be honest, changing the bio, it's not my style. I, I'm not that cocky. I'm not that confident. 15-0, UFC featherweight champion, putting the belt around his waist, all week, speaking like he was already the champion, that he was just going to roll through Volk. I'm a very superstitious person, so I can't even wrap my head around that type of confidence, right? This guy walked the walk, talked the talk, and got it done. And what did we say before the fight? If he pulls this off, being as cocky as he is, as brash as he is, as confident as he is, and I don't say cocky in a negative way, he's putting it out there no different than Connor back in the day, putting it out there. If he actually gets it done, and doesn't just like squeak by, like gets it done, exclamation point, essentially what he did on Saturday, you've got a superstar on your hands. And he did all of that and more. You know, some people said that he looked rattled at the press conference on Thursday. I thought Volk was incredible. And it was amazing to watch because he was the perfect antidote to the crap that we had been seeing at these press conferences over the last few months. And then you see that clip of the two of them sharing some respects and pleasantries. It was mainly Taporia saying, hey, I respect you, but I'm just following my dreams. And I really appreciated that. And some people thought that was indication that Taporia had crumbled, that he had cracked, that he was now almost, you know, begging for forgiveness. I viewed it as like, man, that is cold. That, that's like the kiss of death, that he's going to talk all of this. He's going to say, hey, man, you're just in my way. I'm just following my dreams. I'm sorry, but I have to do what I need to do on Saturday. And he ended up he ended up nailing it. And afterwards, you see like 40 people in there, kind of a boxing scene, if you will. Usually there aren't that many people in there, but Taporia does what Taporia does, what he wants. And then you see the scenes in Georgia. You see the scenes, his, his, his family celebrating, but even more impressive, shout out to Satanta Sports, who had a viewing party, multiple screens. We have some footage of this outside one of their concert halls, people showing up at 6 a.m., 7 a.m. to watch not only Ilya, but Marab. Obviously, Ilya was the main event fighting for the belt. But like th these are people before Marab's fight outside at around 5 or so a.m. in Georgia singing the national anthem as they're getting ready to watch one of their own Marab Dawalishvili fight Henry Cejudo. They're sitting, standing, excuse me, outside. And, 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 and apparently it was in multiple spots. And then here's further scenes in Georgia, in the heart of 
how do you pronounce it, GC? Your, Tbilisi. Tbilisi. I mean, your honorary Georgian after your great fight feast on Saturday, so you know better than I. And look at these scenes um, in a moment of people celebrating their own. Such a huge deal for them. It feels like a massive, massive moment for, obviously, these people, this country, Spain, of course, but European MMA, as the sport continues to evolve and grow, it's an amazing thing to witness. It feels like the start of a new era. And afterwards, you see Dana White at the post-fight press conference asked about Spain. Sometimes he hems and haws. Sometimes he says, hey, you know, we don't want to do pay-per-views over there because it would have to be at a different time. He's like, we're, we're going to go to Spain. Do they go for the first title defense? Who knows? But it seems inevitable. And remember I told you last week, his contract was up at the end. Look at these scenes. Look at this emotion. It's amazing. Ilya Tapuria's contract was up at the end of last year. Hunter Campbell flew to Spain to meet with him in person from Vegas to get the deal done. And no doubt talks of a title shot were on the table, but also going to Spain and doing something big over there. They've just renovated the Bernabeu where Real Madrid plays. Real Madrid with 100-something Instagram followers that collabed with him. People like Carlos Alcaraz and uh, Rafael Nadal, the best of the best, Iker Casillas, top A-plus list superstars in Spain shouting out Ilya Tepori. I think he gained almost a million Instagram followers since the beginning of last week. This is a star-making moment. This is gigantic for the sport, gigantic for him, gigantic for everyone involved in European MMA. There's never been anyone from Georgia or Spain to win uh, a UFC title, of course. Just amazing. And they should go to Spain. They should go for the next one. They need to start doing more of this. This is what they... You know, they, they had this when Yuri won. Remember those scenes when Yuri went back to the Czech Republic? For whatever reason, didn't capitalize it. I love these moments when someone from a country that has never had success like this before in fighting, when one of their own prevails, and then you have these moments, you need to go there so that they look like superstars. And so I was so happy to hear that that's on the books, that's on their mind. They want to go. Amazing. I was looking at his social media. He, he had a, a he he told us a couple of weeks ago he's expecting his second child. That night they did a gender reveal. They had a whole thing, a whole party. He, his family, his partner, all that. It's like wow, the level of confidence. You don't want to do something like that after you get knocked out. But it's like he knew the whole time. That's just that's just next level. And I'll admit, I was wondering is is it a little too much? Is he looking past folk? Is he a little too confident here? I mean, this is Alex Volkanovsky, one of the smartest fighters, one of the best fighters, one of the most dominant fighters of all time. I don't know, greatest of all time, featherweight, this, that. Who cares? What does it matter? One of the best fighters of all time. And he just went in there and knocked him out in the second round. Blown away by that. Blown away by everything about this guy. Blown away by everything about him. How he's handling himself, what he said leading in, what he said walking out. They've got a star on their hands. And so the big question is, is his first title defense going to be in Spain? And if it is going to be in Spain, when will it be? And when we find out when it will be, who will it be against? Lots of questions there. Obviously, none that need to be answered today or tomorrow. I am of the mind that the next time Alex Volkanovsky fights, it should be for the belt at 145. The next time Volkanovsky fights, it should be for the belt. He has certainly done enough to warrant that and has certainly been, as he put it, 
a company man, which would lead one to think like, hey, you know, obviously when he steps up and fights Islam on short notice, he's getting paid, obviously. But, you know, so it benefits him, but it also benefits the company. They're able to save the main event. Islam is able to remain on the card, an important card for them in Abu Dhabi. And the guy was just so active. Remember, he fought in April two years ago, comes back, fights in July, fights Max Holloway three times after going, you know, 2-0 and against him, having to fight him a third time. I think the next time Alex Volkanovsky fights, it needs to be for the belt. I'm just not sure if the next time Ilya fights, it will be against Alex Volkanovsky. So what I mean by that is I could see a world where Ilya returns, defends his title at some point, maybe... I mean, you look at the schedule now, I can't see it happening before the summer fall. He fights someone, and then Volk fights the winner of that. I would like that for two reasons. Number one, Volk deserves it. And number two, I like the idea of him getting some rest. I like the idea of him getting some rest because, let's be honest, that's now two knockouts in a row for a guy who hardly ever got touched. That's back-to-back knockouts in the span of four months. And so I don't know, ultimately, if Ilya Teporia knocked out Alex Volkanovsky because he got knocked out in October. We'll never truly know the answer to that question. But I think now we know the answer to the question that we asked ourselves before the October fight in Abu Dhabi. I think now you could talk about, all right, was it a mistake would this affect his career? Now that is going to... Ha- if he would have gone in there on Saturday and starched Teporia, all that gets put aside. He can move on and we could close the book on Abu Dhabi. Because of what happened on Saturday, again, we will never truly know, but that question now remains forever. Was it a mistake? He got paid. He got a new deal. All that stuff, great. But was it a mistake? Did it change the trajectory of his career? Taking that fight, getting knocked out, and then knocked out now in the next fight. That question is always going to be one that will be asked, pondered, hanging over him. And that's unfortunate. Doesn't seem like he's in horrendous spirits. He was in a much better place on Saturday at the post-fight press conference than he was the post-fight press conference in October. I liked what he said. He was classy as always. He said, basically, you know, last time I knew it wasn't the best of me. This time it's the best of me. And Sometimes you're the hammer, sometimes you're the nail. I'm usually the hammer, this time I'm the nail. Obviously said he wanted the rematch, obviously said he would go to Spain. Dana noncommittal. I think he deserves it. I just don't know if it should be next for his benefit. Take some time. Take a year. Take 10, 11 months. Body needs it, head needs it, brain needs it. Taporia, though, you want to capitalize on. And so wouldn't you know it, This Saturday, you have Yair Rodriguez and Brian Ortega in Mexico. This couldn't work out any better for the UFC. If Yair wins, to me, that's the fight. With what he said last week, Mexico versus Spain in Spain, the heat there, that would be blockbuster. And you can make a strong case that if Brian wins, that's the fight. Obviously, you have Movsar out there. It doesn't seem like they are too high on getting him a title shot because of all the decisions, because of the close fights. It feels like it's a two-horse race with those guys. Now, it would be a three-horse race if not 
for Max Holloway getting booked against Justin Gaethje. If, if, if Max Holloway didn't get a fight against Justin Gaethje on April 13th for the BMF title, that stupid belt that means nothing, it would be Max versus Ilya. Massive fight, Bernabeu, put it in there, 80,000 people, the former king going against the new king, that's the one. But no, this is what I said when they booked Gaethje versus Holloway. What did I say? Why? Just wait to see how this one plays out. This is the problem with 300. We'll get to 300 in a moment. It's these thrown-together fights that have no significance or stakes. Fabricated. It should be Holloway versus Taporia. It's not Holloway versus Taporia. Holloway is now fighting Gaethje. And maybe it works out great, and maybe this is the beginning of a run at 155. But we've been hearing for years that it was about the 45 belt. And now we're, we're forgoing that for the BMF title? As prestigious as the WWE hardcore belt or the WWF hardcore belt? Come on, what is going on here? But anyway, not our problem. And that's a benefit to Yair. Yair wins on Saturday in front of the partisan Mexican crowd. They will shower him with love. They will go crazy for him. Gets on the microphone. Ilya, you're next. I'll see you in Spain. Done deal. That's the fight. Winner gets Volk, in my opinion. There's a ton of options for Ilya, of course, because he hasn't had to fight a lot of these guys. The biggest loser you can make the case on Saturday was Josh Emmett, believe it or not, because Josh Emmett was the one guy in the top five or six that had lost to Ilya and the one guy that Voke hadn't fought yet. Voke wins that fight. I think it might be Josh Emmett versus Voke. Now, Josh is excluded, and all those guys who had lost to Voke sometimes multiple times are now right back in the mix. But it's rare to see Dana that excited, say, yep, we're going there. They know what they have. You see what they have. The guy's a star. The way he conducts himself, the way he looks, the way he fights, the way he speaks, his backing. It's all very exciting. And so that's what I would do. Wait to see, obviously, what happens on Saturday. If it's Yair, give him the shot. Even if it's Ortega, give him the shot. Do something in Spain. Go for it. Roll the dice. Big moment. Big fight. Even if it's not the Bernabeu, 20,000 seat UFC is rolling. They just had, think about all the events that they have in California. Think about all the big moments, the big cards, the big names. Tito and, and, and Chuck and, and Brock, Kane, DC, Stipe, Nate Diaz, all those big fights. And that was the highest grossing event in California history. That was the highest grossing event in Anaheim Pond history. That's insane. The UFC is on fire. They could do no wrong. Stars are being born. New faces are being born. And so you have that moment, which is huge. And I'll get the guy's thoughts on that in a moment. But also have to mention Marab Dwalishvili, which I thought was the second biggest moment on that card. He does what he needed to do. He beats Henry Cejudo. I thought maybe he had to get the finish just to like stamp it. In the end, doesn't need the finish. In the end, it appears as though beating Henry Cejudo was enough, which is what it should be. But I also think maybe ridding the UFC of Henry Cejudo was enough as well. Because let's be honest, the UFC and Dana White in particular has not forgotten what Henry did in May of 2020. What did he do? What was his crime? He retired in the cage. Now, the biggest issue was it never felt like it was a sincere retirement. It it, it felt like he was you know, negotiating. And it wasn't the time to negotiate. It was a massive blunder. Now, I I understand he wanted to start a family. He wanted to do this. He wanted to do that. You can't retire in the cage. We've talked about this a million times. You can't retire in the cage. 
and then at the post-fight press conference 45 minutes later say, well, I would come back for better money, for more money. You can't do that. Now it seems disingenuous. And you certainly can't do it the first show back during the pandemic. Not when everyone is wondering what their future is going to be. Not when you're putting on events in empty arenas. There wasn't the time, man. It just wasn't. And so he sits out. He does get a title shot upon returning, and that was his big chance to get back on track. And then he gets this fight. And then you can clearly see he wanted the the mic, taking off the gloves, all that stuff. He doesn't get the mic. And I was like, wow, that was kind of cold. It's pay-per-view. Could have given him a question. But then you hear Dana's comments in the post-fight press conference. It's like, oh, yeah, that wasn't your moment. You already had your time to retire. You're not going to do it again. The one thing he hates more than anything is guys retiring as champions and sort of messing things up. Didn't like it when GSP did it in 2013. Didn't like it when Henry did it. It's just just not something that he enjoys, that he likes, that he appreciates. And I personally think that Henry deserves a little better than that. I know he can rub people the wrong way. I know that he, 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 you know, he's, he's messed up. 2020 was a mess up. But I think, I mean, two-time champion, two-division champion, Olympic gold medalist. Just goes to show, yesterday, you could be headlining the first ESPN card. You could be a two-weight world champion. You could be an Olympic medalist. You could be the face of the, the flyweight, saving the flight, this and that. You could be all those things. And then at the end of the road, it could be a little... Get out. You don't even get the mic. And so he hasn't said anything as of yet. I did, in fact, hear that he was a little banged up going into the fight. Did seem a little bit older. Everyone looks old against Marab. He gets picked up. And you know that must have killed him as a wrestler, getting picked up, carried to the other side. Scenes, shades of Matt Hughes and Frank Trigg back in the day. That's got to kill him. I know he's been dealing with some, you know, some some personal tragedy as well. And my heart goes out to him on that front, losing his sister, who I know was very close to him. There's a lot going on in his life. And so maybe the best thing for him is to take a break. I felt like if he wasn't going to win this fight, he was going to retire. I asked Captain Eric about that. He said no. But then at the press conference later on that day, Henry said, this is it for me if I lose. So we await word from him. But it seems to me like all signs point to him taking a break if you want to call it that, in, in combat. And uh, I do think he deserves some mic time, but I was not surprised. I will tell you that much. I was not surprised. They don't forget. They do not forget. Happy to hear that Marab has been crowned the number one contender. That's what Dana said at the post-fight press conference. So happy to hear that. No one deserves it more. That's now 10 in a row. His last three wins were against former UFC champions. Prior to that, It's a win over Marlon Marais, the WSOF champion. Ten straight wins needs to get you a title shot. And uh, he's growing, and his social media is fun, and his personality is growing, and he was great all week with the Mexican flag, and the moment with Zuckerberg. He's got to be next. Sign me up. Marab versus Sean, sign me up. People said Sean was going to get whooped by Aljo. Didn't happen. Sign me up. Cheeto versus Marab, sign me up as well. They're not going to... if. If Cheeto beats Sean, they're not going to run it back right away. I would, I would imagine they won't. It's got to be Marab. So that was a big moment. Ian Gary with the big win over uh, Jeff Neal. I know some people didn't love the performance. Jeff Neal is super tough. Not someone in, you, know, you kind of go in there and just kind of throw caution to the wind. 
uh, now seven and zero. I believe fourteen and zero overall. Surprised that some people had it scored for Jeff. Not the judges. I, I saw some people online saying that it was a robbery. I didn't see it that way. I thought it was twenty nine twenty eight. Ian did what he had to do, and it seemed like he has made a conscious decision to lean in now to the booze, to the the I don't know what do you want to say the the animosity, whatever it is, the connection or lack thereof that he has with the public. They certainly care about him, but they want to boom at this point. They want to they want to jump on all this 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 heat, this hatred, whatever. And it seems like he's leaning in. So let's see. I don't know if deep down. He likes this, wants this, is comfortable with this, but it seems like he has made a conscious decision to lean in. You see it from the the mic work. You see uh, it from the press conference. And he wants Colby Covington next. And maybe that's the perfect, you know, medicine to get the fans back on your side. I don't know. I have a hard time believing Colby's accepting that fight, if I'm being a 1,000% honest. I just don't see it happening. I would love for him to fight in Dublin next. I think this is the perfect time. I think it would be great if, if I were advising Ian, and I'm happy to say this to him when he comes on, I say you go, you go to Dublin now, you do a media tour, you reconnect with that audience. You reconnect with those people, with that country, because just look at what Ilya has with Spain and Georgia. Look at what Marab has with Georgia. Look at what Connor had with with um, with Ireland, what, what, what Tom has and Leon has with England. Like if you have that connection, especially with those passionate fans, that don't have a ton of people to root for in the UFC. You need to establish that. You don't have to live there. You don't have to train there. But let them feel like you're one of their own. Let them back you. I know he clarified his comments about Dublin and about going back there. And I understood what he was saying when he said it on, on Wednesday about like, hey, maybe I'm getting too big. I think what he was just trying to say is like, the time is now. If I become champion, you're not going to do an Ian Gary title fight in Ireland because the three arena is too small and Croke Park is just not willing to put on combat events. So let's do it now. And I think some people were like, wait a second, you're too big for Ireland? No, no, no. I, I know that's not what he meant. But I do think like an Ian Gary, Sean Brady main event in Dublin at the three arena would be perfect. Get the people behind him. Get the people going crazy. Not here to take part, here to take over. And, uh, and then we talk about the big fights. I just don't see Colby taking that fight. I really don't. I may be wrong. No inside knowledge on that one. Just doesn't seem like the type of fight that he is looking for. He's looking for like a Wonder Boy type of opponent. Um, so good to see Ian back on track. Hard fought win. He does what he needs to do. And then of course, speaking of hard fought wins, Robert Whitaker and Paulo Costa was a great fight. Costa looked great. Had the layoff. Looked obviously in tremendous shape, but I thought he fought really well. It's just Robert Whitaker that he's fighting. The type of performance that Robert needed coming off the DDP loss, which has aged nicely, obviously, with DDP now champion. And uh, it feels like he's back. And the fight that I want to see is Rob versus Sean Strickland. That's the fight that I think makes total sense. Both have losses to DDP, both around the same spot in the rankings. Uh, That's the one for me. I don't think they're going to do Rob versus DDP next. That is the one for me. So those were the four big moments. Anthony Hernandez Fluffy with the big win over Roman Kopilov at the start of the main card. That was really impressive as well. And there were some other big performances throughout the main card. But then the other big story was on Saturday, literally seconds after the event ended, Dana White went on social media and announced the 300 main event. Why they didn't save this for the broadcast and then do it on social media too, I have no idea. I don't understand why these things happen. But he went on Instagram and announced 
that the main event for UFC 300 is, well, I can't do the big reveal now because you all know what it is, but uh, you by now know, of course, that it's Alex Pereira versus Jamal Hill for the light heavyweight title, which again is a fine main event and would be amazing for any card 301, 302, 309, 310, 315. It's fine. In fact, I can tell you with a thousand percent certainty that it was slated to be the main event for 301. They announced on Saturday, May 4th, they're going back to Rio for a pay-per-view. The main event was supposed to be Alex Pereira versus Jamal Hill, which I have to say, I know Jamal Hill doesn't like me. I'm still confused as to what went wrong there, but I need to give him massive props. This guy tore his Achilles last summer, July. Most athletes are out for a year. And it's not really a super common injury when you're a fighter. This guy is coming back April. That's nine months. Nine months later with a full training camp and all that. It's not like he's just like stepping into the gym or stepping into the cage nine months later. He's got to be training now. So that's very impressive. Massive props. I tip my cap. But he said it on Saturday night on the post show. This all came together yesterday, he said. According to Pereira's team, came together like two days before the announcement. This wasn't the top choice. I don't even know if it was the fifth choice. As I said last Monday, they wanted Leon versus Hamzat. And as Dana White said, and wasn't it nice to hear Dana White finally give Leon props? Because it wasn't that long ago they were removing Leon from the rankings when they were trying to jerk him around to fight Hamzat and do all this other stuff. Nice to see him finally get the respect and love that he has deserved since day one. They said they offered him three fights. Hamza, top choice. Some talk of Shavkat, some talk of even Islam. Said he said yes to all of them. Never specifically said the names, but trust me on this one. Amazingly, Bilal not one of them. Now I believe if, this is what I believe, if they didn't need a main event, they would have had Bilal and Leon as like the second or third title fight. If it was, you know, 301, 302, 303, then Leon Bilal. And I expect the next title fight for Leon to still probably be Bilal. But man, what an indictment on how they feel about the guy. Not one phone call. And there he is in the front row on Saturday going 300, give me a call. When at that point, it's already done. I don't know how you process that. That's tough. As I've said from the beginning, he deserves it more than Shafkat. He deserves it more than Hamzat. I get the Islam thing, even though no strong desire for it, but fine. Islam did it twice against Voki. He, he, he could deserve that honor too, I suppose. Should be Bilal next. Didn't call him? What the hell? That's tough. But as I said, the top choice was Hamzat. Can't get in the country. I don't know how they fix this. I don't know how you give Hamzat a title shot because he, he could very likely win that knowing he can't get in the country. How can you have a champion who can't fight in the United States, can't fight in Vegas, can't fight in California, can't fight in New York? You got to fix that first. That's going to hold him back. We don't even know why. Why can't he come into the country? But it's a problem. Because if it wasn't a problem, if it wasn't a thing, I think that would be on 300. Leon said yes. He was ready to go. Credit to him. Remember, he was in Aston Villa December 31st telling everyone 300. And at the time, I think he thought, all right, maybe Leon Bilal, co-main, third title fight. But when it became clear that they needed a main, then they had to go for the gusto. 
and they tried to do something big. And if anyone tells you, look, it's again, it's a great card. I have to keep saying this because people get all crazy. But a 300, a 200, a 100 isn't something that needs to be cobbled together or re- I understand where the fans who are upset are coming from. It feels kind of thrown together. It feels like it doesn't feel like the culmination, like the apex, pardon the pun, of something big. 100 was the apex of something big. Brock Lesnar versus Frank Mir, the rematch for the heavyweight title, was gigantic. GSP was on there too, but it was huge. Bisping Hendo, tough coaches, gigantic. 200, now the revisionist historians will say, oh, 200 wasn't it was a man. No, no, no. 200 was Jones versus DC. There was no bigger rivalry and arguably still isn't a bigger rivalry than those two. Jones obviously got removed a couple days before, but that was the plan. You bring in Brock, you got Amanda Nunes against Misha Tate, Misha coming off that. Like, that felt big. This is a great card. It's an amazing card. But when you have a 298 and a 299 and maybe not that many A-plus superstars at this juncture, they're doing great. They don't need me to tell them otherwise. Look what they're doing in California. Look what they're doing every single stop because the brand has never been hotter. But it just feels like it's missing that je ne sais quoi at the very, very top. Uh, uh, a friend of mine, Aunt Evans, put it like this on Twitter, and I thought he he said it perfectly. Like the way they are booking now is like the game Tetris. Okay, which pieces can go where? And and sometimes it works out perfectly. Pereira fighting in Rio is perfect. That's where he should be fighting. Three weeks later. He should be fighting in Rio. That would be a massive deal, a massive homecoming. You put him on there. Maybe you put Pantoja on there too. Now you've taken him off there and you got to put him on this 300 thing and now you're left with, all right, what do we got for Rio three weeks later? Not ideal. Now you can get away with it when the brand is super hot. You can't get away with it when you don't have this type of momentum and business and popularity and, and all this stuff. But don't tell me that this was the top choice. It's all great. It's going to do gangbusters. It's going to do amazing. But I, you, you need to know the truth. You need to know that this wasn't A, B, C, or even D. Amazing for Pereira. This guy three years ago is out of MMA, kickboxer, two-division champion in glory, comes over, looks like he almost kills a guy in LFA, gets signed to the UFC and has just been on a rocket ship, stumbles once against Izzy in his first defense, comes back, says, yeah, no problem, I'm moving up to 205, beats a former champion, and then wins the belt back at MSG, and now he's headlining 300? Superstar. Amazing. Good for him. Good for all involved. But the culminate, like, again, Izzy DDP was another one on the table. Those three Leon fights, Izzy DDP was on the table. My understanding was the timing just didn't work out for DDP. And I think that should still be the next title fight, but it didn't work out. I think Izzy was in, but the timing just didn't work out. A bit of a quick turnaround coming off of January. Not as quick as July to September, but the timing didn't quite work out. Original thought should have always been around this time last year, you announced uh, Chandler versus McGregor. And uh, you say they're going to be on the Ultimate Fighter, and then you say they're going to headline in April of next year at UFC 300. And again, it does feel a little weird that it's on you know April and not 
July, it, it, like 100, 200, but that's just the way the cookie crumbled here. That would have been the longest and best build to a fight ever. And I hear you have both guys saying, why aren't we on this card again? Still don't understand what they're talking about with Connor. Yes, he's made a lot of money. So did, I mean, Floyd Mayweather was making over $100 million for his fights. He still kept fighting. What is, like, LeBron James has made millions upon millions. He's still playing. 20 straight All-Star games, all that stuff. Just because he has a lot of money doesn't mean he doesn't want to compete. But they're not putting him on it. And so this is what we're getting. And so let's talk about it all with the boys. Where should we start, guys? Where should we start? 300? Should we start uh, with Ilya? Let's give Ilya his roses here. I, I had some thoughts there. What did you guys think? Mr. Mr. New York Rick, what did you think of, uh, of Ilya's win, his star-making performance against Volkanov? People don't like when I say Volk. They say I need to say the L a little bit more. But I say it's like Volk like folk. Like you don't say folks. You say folks, right? Like you say like, hey, folks, how are you? Oh, can yeah, I meet your folks? Egg folks. yolk, egg yolk. Yeah, I think I'm right here, by the way. The name changes when you shorten it. Volk. What do you guys say, Volk or Volk? Volk. Volk. But it's Folk. Yolk. Yeah, but, the, yeah, but it's coming from Volkanovsky. Yeah. I'm also, of course, drawing a blank here, but there's some, there's some words like that that are spelled the same, but sound different. Anyway, oh. your thoughts, right? Yeah, for sure. um, Star-making performance, the, the one that, he needed to have, right? Like, the way he had built this up, the way he had set this up was he was either going to fall on his face and the Instagram bio and the I'm, you know, the next thing and going to retire this old man, that stuff was going to really age like milk or it was going to put him in a conversation with Conor McGregor, which he has done successfully. Not only is he calling out Conor McGregor, but all the kind of... The things that he, the, the, the markers, the mile markers that he's continuing to pass are the ones that remind people of Conor McGregor. And so that's the best possible place you can be in. Couple that with the idea of how many like international stars and athletes are now, you know, supporting Ilya Taporia. You, you can't do better than this. You cannot do better. He, he gambled big and he, he rolled the perfect uh, – he, he got exactly what he needed out of this, and now he's set up for superstardom in, in a way that I think we haven't seen in a long time. We haven't seen somebody like this. Like, I don't think Sean O'Malley has the ceiling that Ilya Taporia has as a, as a product as, and as a star. Like, I think Sean O'Malley has delivered on, on his performances, but I do think there's something special. I do think there's something different about Ilya Taporia. Um and I'm excited to see what happens next. So A plus 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 couldn't couldn't be more high on Ilya Taporia after this, uh, especially against the level of competition he's doing it against. Right to to go out there and look that good against Alex Volkanovsky, who what you said earlier came into the fight and said last time I wasn't at my best, this time I was at my best, and that's what Ilya Taporia did to him. I'm 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 blown away, absolutely blown away by Ilya Taporia. And I'm happy for you, GC, by the way, because. You went all in with Georgia for the uh, amazing fight feast video, and I didn't want people to be like, ah, no, like the, cur-, uh, you know what I mean. So this uh, feels like now you actually them- it feels like a feast's blessing. Yes, and- now I feel like okay, Canada bless them. Well, they didn't do great actually, on the no, Canada, but no, but this was big. This was big. You went all yeah, in. Yeah, I guess was- now that because Canada did so poorly on that card, everything was in the balance. You know, if I do the Georgia and the Marab and Ilya end up losing. No, I was, was going to have to bear a lot of the blame on that one. And, yeah, I mean, it worked out. I did wear a Taporia shirt. You know, I balanced it out by wearing a Volk shirt as well. So, I mean, it, everything was was fitting there. 
My thoughts on it are exactly what Rick said. I'm just absolutely blown away. I mean, every single thing that he said came to fruition. He said he was going to knock out Volkanovsky. I mean, people people were asking him. You asked him, why is he not going to fight Max? Uh, why would he fight Max? He's he's going to dust the dude that uh, Volk beat three times. And he goes out there and he, he completely starches him. I mean, puts him cold out. Volk is asking what happened. He doesn't have any clue what went on. And now we have our new featherweight champion. And then afterward, he's got the video ready to go. Yeah, All the they had to do was... I mean, dude, Amazing. like, they, whoever his editor is, his designer Amazing. or whatever, like, he had the Premiere file or whatever software he's using, and he just had to plop in the, the Volkanovsky highlights on on the back end, go ahead and share that. Uh, he's doing collabs with Real Madrid. I mean, everything was just ready to go. It's You, you talked about the, the gender reveal. It's almost just like... Everything was was a part of the plan. It's just yeah. like, yep, we'll do the whole documentary, and then we'll fly out to Anaheim, and we'll do the press conference, and then, you know, I'm going to knock out Volkanovski. I'll become featherweight champion. We'll do the gender reveal. We'll release the video about me becoming champion, and uh, then we'll head to Spain. And it uh, sounds like we've got a big 2024 on our hands. There was no question of, like, if I knock out Volkanovski, yeah. if I beat him. It was. It just felt like everything was a part of the plan, and now it's it's going to be fascinating to watch. It really does feel like a star is born. You said he's gained like 800,000 followers on Instagram since the start of last week. That video that dropped, I mean, we saw Sergio Ramos come to the fight against, uh, against Josh Emmett in Jacksonville. Like, to get a star that big to Jacksonville to watch one of your fights is incredible. Can you imagine the star power that is going to be in play oh if this God. guy goes to Spain? <laughs> I mean, it's like Cedric Dumbe when he was in France yeah. with PSG and uh, everyone in attendance for that, Kylian Mbappe, all those guys out there. I mean, that video that he dropped of all those Spaniards wishing him good luck. I mean, you had Rafael Nadal, Carlos Alcaraz, Carlos Sainz. Like, my head was spinning that yeah. it just kept going and going of these just mega stars from Spain wishing him luck. Uh, I mean, rocket ship, dude. He has got a rocket ship strapped to his back, undefeated. Everything about him is just star worthy. Uh, speaks Spanish, speaks English, great looking family, super talented, undefeated. Uh, it's fascinating to watch, man. I, I can't believe that he did exactly what he said he was going to do. I know, I know, it's like sacrilegious to talk about Connor because nobody can be Connor. But like, right. he's doing the things. Mm-hmm. He's do he, he he's following the checklist and he's doing it well. And I think the most important part and why I kind of compare him to O'Malley is like O'Malley had. We've talked about this before, right? The U.S. does not support its stars in the way that some of these other countries do. He has Spain behind him, and he also has Georgia behind him, but. The man is the man is destined for something. It seems like at this point, the same way when we looked back at Connor, it felt like he was destined for something. And he's hitting all the he's hitting all the marks. He's checking every single thing off on this path in a way that I I don't remember anybody doing it since Connor. And and I it's it's hard because we know what Connor ultimately became, right? Like it's it's a lot easier to look back at that in hindsight. But he's doing it. He's really doing what what has been done before. Uh, by the biggest star in MMA history. It, if I could wild. offer one critique, uh, conspicuous by their absence in that video were the Gasol brothers. I mean, how do you not get the Gasol brothers? Uh, in, the, in the famous people? Yeah, yeah, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's, a joke. it's a joke. I don't think it's they had joke. enough room. I think, I think reels cut off the yes, length. I'm kidding, Because I'm there kidding. were just so many. I was just like, like, yeah, like, can I get a pow in there? I mean, can I get a mark? Like, it would be nice. Um, you, got, you got Casillas. You, just I mean, where was Ricky going, Rubio? I mean, like, where was the... They had Alberto Contador. I was blown away. Spanish cyclist. I don't think I've seen Rafael Nadal in, like, 
like years. I was like, oh shit, there's Rafa. Um, okay, so I, I think we would all agree, go to Spain, whether it's please, a, a, an please. arena where, where Real Madrid play, whether it's the Bernabeu. The just, question just is go. though, against who? That is the question. Before we answer that, I do have to say Caposa had a great quote tweet of like Dana being like, we're going to go to Spain. And then uh, Caposa <laughs> said, can't wait for uh, Ilya Taboria, yeah. Yair Rodriguez at the KFC Yum Center. Uh, I don't think they'll blow this one. I don't think they're going to either. No, but you I can just, see the look on I, Dana's face. Very, I mean, this. it's right there. It's right there in front of you. The question uh, is, though, timing, as we've said with 300, right? It's all about timing in this game. It's not necessarily, you know, who is, is the rightful guy, but don't give me it doesn't matter. What's doesn't. the fight? No, but what's the fight? For the sake of this conversation, what is the fight? Yair Rodriguez. If Yair wins, if do you loses? guys agree? Okay, so sure. if Yair wins, that, that is the biggest one available, right? Do you agree on that? I, I think so. I, I think. mean, I think Max Holloway would be bigger, but obviously there's circumstances surrounding that. Well, here's the thing. If he's ca- look, if you look at the schedule, so they have June 29th is international fight. I'm assuming he's not fighting before June. Uh, yeah. We know that May is Rio. Um so then June 29th would be International Fight Week. I don't think there are two pay-per-views in, in June. Then the next one is July 20th, I believe, and I think that's in Salt Lake City. And then the, so the first available, again, they could change any of this, but just based on what I know, would be August. And so even if Max fights on April 13th, I guess he could conceivably come back in August yeah. and fight at 145. So I don't want to necessarily— But he could also win and be in line for a lightweight shot. I'm just saying, let's just say well. Ilya is fighting August, September, not October. Let's say August, September range. Let's just say for the sake of this conversation. What's the biggest fight they put on the there? The best what's... and biggest fight is Max. The best and biggest yes. fight is Max. Okay. Yair would be the easiest fight to make. If he wins. If he wins. He does have to win. I would it's love the Mexico apart. versus Spanish. What if Yair loses and, and Max wins? So Max isn't available. Max, no question. No, no, no. Max isn't available. Let's say Max says, you know what? I'm staying at 55. This is oh, great. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And Yair loses. Is it but Ortega? See, this is why it does not matter. I just want to have the conversation, man. I just want to have the conversation. Ortega. Is it Ortega? Mm-hmm, man. Who else? I, I mean, feel like wh- you just hold out for the Volk rematch. And then you go Volk. That's the thing. There's, yeah. so, many different, there's so many different angles here. Yeah, I mean, if if Yair wins, I do like that. They got that heat. Yair does not like him. I mean, he said on a show. I kind of feel like Yair versus Ilya is bigger than Ilya versus Max at this point. No. Am I crazy? Max is Max, beloved. Max is a yeah. superstar, and like if Max goes and beats Justin Gaethje and then is willing to return to to one forty five, yeah. he'll be like nineteen and one in his last twenty fights against dudes not named Alexander Volkanovsky and won't have lost anyone. Uh, not named Alexander Volkanovsky in like five years. There's there's a kernel of truth in what you're saying in the sense that, first, uh, the only reason I'm saying it doesn't matter is because it's the Ilya show. It does. It, he is the A side. The, these guys are always going to be, and Max Holloway is, is a legit star in the UFC. He's going to be the B side to Ilya Taporia in this fight, in this potential fight. For sure. The thing you'd lose with Max is the heat, right? The build of Yair Rodriguez versus Ilya Taporia would be special with how intense it's going to be. With the with the fact that they they will they will bring it when they have opportunities to talk about each other, you you know that Max Holloway is going to be respectful. It's just who he is. He's gonna he's gonna do his best with some of the like you know I'm I'm the the featherweight goat, maybe not the featherweight goat, but saying like he's the old guard. He's he's gonna establish order, knock out this young guy, and Ilya is gonna basically be able to run back the same things he said against Volk. You're gonna, you're not gonna get the heat. Maybe that's worth it. Maybe it's worth having that with Yair if he can win. 
and building toward that and just putting Max on a different path anyway. And then Ma- maybe Max can get next. Maybe Max can get next. You know, it, I just love no the rush. heat between Yair and Ilya. The heat I, is I, the heat great. is important. It's amazing. But I do I do think Max. But but if you're just putting in a vacuum, Max is a bigger star. Does it's, Max it's does be. Max need to beat Justin? Like, can he lose in no, the I think fight? No, I think, I mean, no different yeah. than Volk losing in, I know he was the champion, but I don't it's think true. he necessarily needs to beat Justin. I, I do want to ask the other question, and I don't know if it's fair to Volk or Ilya, but can we, you know, definitively say Abu Dhabi was a mistake for Volk? I don't think. Or do you agree with my assessment like that it will forever be a part of the conversation? Oh, yeah. What yeah. if he did, what if he went from Yair in July to this fight? Would the outcome have been different? There's no telling. It could have been. It could have been. There, there, there truly is no telling. I mean, talk about the butterfly effect of, of Charles Oliveira being forced to pull out of that Fuck, fight. yeah. It changed everything. I can't say it's a mistake just because of what it did for him financially. Yeah. But it will for you. that is the right way to look at it. It will forever be a what if. It will forever be what if he just did not take this right. detour. Because he did not. It, it, was, it was not ideal. There's no way. There's no other way to slice it. He has admitted it. There, it was just not perfect. It was not the right circumstances for him. But financially, it's hard to. He's he's on the end. He's on the back nine. He's and he's closer to the end than he is yeah. even the middle. It's you got to take the opportunity when it's there. It's just truly, and I know you guys have been around this game much longer than me. It's just truly mind-boggling to me how quickly this game moves. I mean, seven months ago, I was talking to our friend uh, TST Troy. Seven months ago, we were having a conversation on the phone after the Yair performance. You know, he lost to Islam earlier, but I mean, it was such a close fight. Some people scored it for him. And then uh, the Korean Zombie and and Holloway 3 before that, it it felt like the dude was unbeatable, especially at featherweight. And we were wondering just just how long his reign was going to go. And now seven months later... It's just like he's coming off of two knockout losses. Now he doesn't have his belt anymore. Uh, and like we're questioning where he goes from here with his career. He, he's on the, he's past 35. It's just like seven months. This dude went from untouchable, uh, throwing perfect games every time he goes out at 45 uh, to now it's just like, what's next for him? The yeah. one thing that, that I feel is different about him when you're considering this conversation is he's more active than others, right? Sure. He is somebody who is trying to get in there as much as he can to maximize that earning potential because he's on the back nine and because the way this sport works, you're not making the money until the end. You're, you're just not making your maximum paydays until you've already established multiple title defenses and are looking at those bigger paydays. So he's trying to make that money in, in the window that he has, and that makes you make not ideal fight decisions. The reality is that Islam fight was not an ideal fight decision, but it was an ideal career financial decision. And so that's at odds with each other. And you see this at the end. This is how this looks. And, it, and it's there, there's not really like a clean way around it. It's it's just how this sport goes. Um, but yeah, I, I can't say mistake. I just can't say mistake. But it's it's the most interesting part of the story. It's amazing. The February pay-per-view last year, what a difference a year makes. We're talking about him winning the night, not the fight, but in my eyes and other people's eyes, still number one pound for pound, even though he loses to Islam. All that stuff goes into the July fight, does the thing. It's like, all right, this guy is back. He's the freaking man. And then here we are exactly a year later, back-to-back knockouts, no belt at 55, no belt at 45, and might get lost in a bit of a shuffle there with Max, with Yair, and, uh, and here comes Mosar uh, climbing the ranks as well. In a few minutes, we're going to be joined by Ian Gary, but I do want to get... Could I just say one more thing about yes. Volk, real quick, before we move on? 
Starting with Chad Mendes, December 29, 2018. Chad Mendes, Jose Aldo, Max Holloway, Max Holloway, Brian Ortega, Korean Zombie, Max Holloway, Islam Makachev, Yair Rodriguez, Islam Makachev, Ilya Taporia. That dude's that dude's un like he's one of one. Nice, that, amazing. That level of competition. Max Holloway three times, Islam twice, this new breed guy in Ilya Taporia. You don't see you don't see dudes like that. Like he is just a, a special kind of fighter. Um and his legacy should not be uh, there should be no ding to his his legacy because of what happened on Saturday night. The guy gave everything he had for for a really good stretch of let's call it you know five six years, um, and fought everybody, including some of the best, multiple times. Like just deserves all the credit and respect for hundred percent. And, and the what sad, he did. The sad thing a little bit is like I don't remember him ever getting such a pop in America. He came out on Saturday no. and was beloved. And the thing that he did on Thursday with the old man costume. And he's got Zuck walking out with him. Like it, what do we? <laughs> it all comes too late in the, the early money, days of Vogue, right? In the early days of Vogue, we're like, how does this guy connect? Why don't people like it? Remember, uh, Holloway one. Okay, Holloway two. People hated him because they yeah. thought that he didn't w- deserve to win. I remember doing the interview with him off the side of the road, pandemic. Like people yeah. hated him, hated him because of the fact that they felt like he wasn't the rightful king of 145. And now he's getting all this love, and then he loses. It's a crazy, crazy game. What about 300? Speaking of crazy games, your reaction, GC, when you saw this uh, this announcement? And again, fine fight, great card, not the top choice. Don't tell us the top choice. Not even the top, maybe three, four, five. What are your thoughts on this main event? It appears I'm in the minority. I'm, I'm, love it. I'm fine with it. No, don't love it. Don't love it. I mean, could have been splashier, but I'm all right with it. I mean, Alex Pereira is a massive star, and... To have him fighting, to have Charles Oliveira fighting, Justin Gaethje, Max Holloway. I mean, you have star after star after star, former champ, current champs, littered on this card. I think it's a great card. I think the main event is fine. Um, I'm kind of taking the Rick approach to it at this point. I would have been more disappointed if it was Leon Bilal than if it was Alex Pereira versus Jamal Hill. Fair. Um, Part of you kind of wish, like, man, you're ruining the Rio main event. Like, you're, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul here. That is true, and also like it got revealed to me. I know you revealed it to to PT and them. It got revealed to me sim- similarly on on the watch party. Uh, and at first, when I heard Alex Pereira, I mean, my heart skipped a beat. I was like, "What is this about to be?" And then when it was Jamal Hill, I was like, "Oh, all right." Uh, yeah, it didn't like I didn't jump out of my seat. I wasn't going crazy or anything, but like I'm not I'm not angry about it. I'm I'm fine with it. Rick, I think I think most people are in that spot. I think most people recognize. We're getting objectively a good fight, right? I think people are excited about the idea of Alex Pereira versus Jamal Hill as a fight. It's a good fight. It, it, it's two guys who are really, you know, are going to push the the pace and the action, and you're going to get likely a finish. You're going to get a good fight out of it. But ultimately, it was expectation management. We were we were continually told that it's going to be it's going to knock your socks off. It's going to be amazing. Just wait till we see what we have oh, in yeah. store. And ultimately, is this a better fight than? Max Holloway and Justin Gaethje? Is this something that you needed to put above it? No. Ultimately not. Like, this this is not that fight. Um, show the, and, show, we have some of those, uh, I just, for the record, just so people know that you're telling the truth. We have a couple of headlines here, right? Of uh, For people saying like, oh, it's great, this and that. Yes, it is. But when you have this from January 26, Dana White promising jaw-dropping main event announcement, quote, you guys can't handle the main event. We're working on a couple of different options. Trust me, the UFC 300 main event is going to be crazy. This is a direct quote 
from an Instagram live. So, so when you put that out there, yeah, you know, people like me could be like, yeah, this is great. But there are other people who are like, holy shit, it's going to be crazy. We're not going to be able to handle it. Do we have more? This is this was the main thing. This he was the said, main, but he, but, but he has said it. He has said it multiple times in different variations. That leads people to think Habib Connor, GSP back, Brock Lesnar, Ronda Rousey, and so I understand to a degree the you know the deflated response. But uh, yeah. well, I, I just think I they guess couldn't what, get it done. The only it, thing that really bothers me is not even that. It's just like I don't like when they have to you know, take from here to put sure. here. It, it, yeah. This feels like a band-aid. This feels it like... Coming together on the notice that it even did. Even Jamal, right? Jamal coming Hill. back so soon. Yeah. It's like, what? Well, it's, also, it's also like, this, like you said, this feels like it was it was down the laundry list of options and they're taking from this card to put on this one. And it's just like, both guys want it. Why is it not, why is it not just Connor Chandler? That, that would have wow. felt like just like the perfect... Bow on top of, of the UFC 300 card. Imagine they would have announced it last March, and we'd have had a year build. Like, like, also, like, yeah, like that, so much back time for that to fall that, apart. That I mean, but look, fantastic. it would have worked out. They're both ready. That also would have been cool. But also, from a promotional aspect of how this was announced, that was the most deflating thing to me. Well, that's like, to not get a promo, to not get <laughs> anything for you. We come off of a massive <laughs> yeah. pay per view card just to be like Dana posted on Instagram, and it's just like to I me, don't want that yeah. to me, that's fucking promo. That's what tells Sweet. to me. That's what what is the clearest indicator of how they really feel about the fight. Yeah, is how it's announced. If it if it really was gonna blow your socks off, if it really was crazy, if it really was as as advertised, that's not how they would have announced it. That that's all you can say about you that. Could have done the uh, Jamal Hill beating Glover in Brazil. Ah, oh, there's a great problem. Pereira's in the corner, the yeah. stare down. There's that moment where they stared down. Yeah, there's a great uh, problem. Like as they're like walking out, even if even if Alex Pereira was just looking at him, but he just looks so intimidating. It looks like he was like. I'll be back for you. I'm, I'll go handle a business at 185, come up to 205, and and I'll be back for you. Like, you could have made an, an incredible promo. Just just something. Just I'm just something. glad we don't have to hear what's the 300 main event anymore. No, 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 no. There's still the one oldest. fight. There's still one fight. I don't care. What's it going to be? No, nah, there's still what's one fight. Be? What's it going to be? Don't care. Leon Bilal? Is he DDP? <laughs> but here's my thing about the, the, the Does Bilal main get event? someone else? I'm going to say it? the last thing about the main, the main event. Bilal Luque 3. Is this substantially better than Leon Bilal, or is that like equivalent? To me, they feel pretty equivalent. I don't see what the I don't see why Leon Bilal was such a no. It wasn't no, no, no. Was I such think people a thorn in the side to... and something to avoid oh, when this right, feels right, similar right. to me. No, uh, yeah, I I don't to disagree. Pereira is just such a superstar. Yeah, I think he's just so massive that it's it's fitting. Yeah, and, and I think stylistically, this one's going to be entertaining, right? Yes. There's that's almost a guarantee. So. Look, I respect the effort by UFC and by Dana White to say we're really trying some crazy options and we're going to go for it. But that's that's expectation management coming back to bite because this was not the one. This was not the crazy fight. Good fight, though. Mm-hmm. Good fight. And as now that we're done with this UFC 300 main event thing, we will move on and the card is awesome and everybody will get excited sick. about it. The card is sick. You cannot look at that lineup and not tell me that that is... If the, if the, if it was not UFC 300, people would be yeah. jaws on the floor how good of a card it is. All right, we can talk more about that uh, throughout the day. For now, though, let us say hello to one of the massive winners from Saturday. Huge win for him now, 14-0 in his pro career, 7-0 in the octagon. He continues to climb the ranks, climb that ladder. He beats Jeff Neal. I thought it was a relatively easy fight to score. Not sure about that one judge and some of the people online. 
Nevertheless, big dub over a tough opponent, Ian Machado Gary. Kind enough to join us. There he is. Ian, my man, how are you? How are you? Good. Uh, Appreciate you. Thank you for having me back on. Oh, a pleasure as always, my friend. Congratulations on the win. Uh, You've had now a little less than two days to digest the performance, digest the win, digest what you did out there. How do you feel about Saturday? You, I mean, you said it in the intro there, a relatively easy decision. I feel like the split decision was a bit nuts. Um, I feel like I dominated every round. I beat him everywhere, really. Um, even in the clinch, I know Bisping alluded to in the commentary, he wanted to clinch and mix it up a little bit more. Couldn't take me down, didn't outstrike me in the clinch. I dirty box better than he did. And I just maintained distance and composure the entire fight and it was clinical in my mind against someone who's very, very dangerous and deserves a lot of respect. Jeff hits like a truck, so you got to respect him. Who was tougher for you, Jeff or Neil? Neil Magny, that is. So, I mean, for me, Jeff, Jeff Neil, purely based on the power he possesses. Mm. With Neil Magny, I knew he was going to be like quicksand. He's going to want to grab a hold of you and just pull you in. With Jeff Neil, it's like, I got to keep moving and keep on my toes because the minute he gets planted, he has so much power. So that movement had to be constant, the entire fight shifting from left to right, left to right. And I added in what I've been doing is I was studying a lot of um, NFL wide receivers, huh. people like Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and the way they get off the line and they, they throw off the corners purely based on the ability of trying to trick the movement and trick the eyes into which direction you're going to move and you're going to you're going to go, and I use that a lot in this fight of just switching really quickly to make him think I'm going to go right, then go left, and next time I'll change it up a little bit differently. Maybe still go left, but throw him a lot of feints, and that was really important for me to just keep that consistent, constant movement to unsettle Jeff and make it hard for him to to have success. By the way, who who told you to do that? Or was that something you thought of yourself to study these guys? Me. Wow. Me, I, I wanted to study them. I knew, I, firstly, I respect any elite level athlete. And you watch these guys, and they're so fast off the line. And they have these ama- the amazing ability to just cut on a dime and just turn it a different direction. And you see people just break ankles and they just they get lost. And I feel like we see it with sports a lot. And I was watching them. I don't know if you know Pep Guardiola. Of course, Man City is my guy. I watched. Yes, yes. So I watched. I was watching his documentary recently on BBC, and he was talking about how handball influenced his way of playing football, hmm. and the fact that it's harder to get the ball than it is to maintain possession. Hmm. So if we can maintain the possession, we can score easier. It's the same with fighting. If it's if you're harder to hit, then it's harder for your opponent to have success. If you're constantly moving and being fast and fidgety and just lightning quick, Jeff Neal can't have success. What what happened inside when you heard that uh, one judge scored for Jeff? Like that that moment there, what are you thinking? I was a bit like, don't. Like I even went over to the judges, uh, over to the commentators, like I hate even shit to the judges because it's exactly like that one judge. So two, could, two could have had that view. I don't see how. Statistically, I dominated in the in the significant strikes Jeff had more clinch time and control against the cage but did absolutely nothing with it tried to take me down couldn't I was dominant in the head fight in the hand battle 
I was just sat there going, how on earth do you score that 30-27 Jeff, Jeff Neal? Like, if you want to give him a round, I could understand that. If you wanted to say 29-28, unanimous decision, mm-hmm. it wasn't... They, they weren't the easiest rounds to score from a clear point of view of Ian definitely dominated that round. But when it comes to leading the dance, when it comes to output, when it comes to control of the positions we were in, I feel like I dominated him in every facet of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I thought it was 29-28 or 30-27 for you. Uh, I had no idea what that one judge was was seeing. And, and if you told me it was 29-28, you know, decision, I wouldn't be annoyed. Yeah. I would, I would think in my heart, hearts when I know being the fight. Look, when two fighters fight, both fighters know who won. And Jeff can, you know, put his hands up in that octagon or not, and then try and, you know, show the world that he thinks he won. But in his heart, he knows. In his heart, I know he knows because I outworked him, I outpaced him. And when he wanted to have success, he didn't. So I know he knew he lost that fight. So if you wanted to give him the one round, fine. I have no issue with that. But don't tell me that that wasn't the unanimous decision. So this is why we don't leave it in the hands of the judges. How did you feel going in there, just considering first fight since August, everything that happened uh-huh. over the last few months? Did you feel more pressure, more nerves, because you had to, to prove the doubt? N- none of that. No. No, I Ariel, it's what I love to do. It's what I want to do. It's what I thrive on. It's that energy. It's like it's going in there and proving that I'm one of the best fighters on the planet and doing it against the most dangerous competition I can, and that that excites me. You know, Jeff was super dangerous and has arguably the biggest one punch power in the division, and I have to respect that. And it's like that is a challenge in and of itself, and I'm excited for that. And going in there and being the 26 year old prospect that I am, I went out and I showed that I'm just levels above everyone else. So I, I have a theory, and I want to ask you your thoughts on this theory. Uh, I think. I think Ian Machado Gary is a very good person with a very good heart. The first time I ever came across you, you're singing Imagine to your grandfather, and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's still pinned, I believe, at the top uh-huh. of your uh, your Twitter page, your X page. I think you're a very good person yeah. who has done nothing wrong. You're, you're not a criminal. You have not done anything to offend <laughs> anyone, to upset anyone. Nope. But I think you have made a conscious decision to say, hey, people want to boo me. I'm going to lean in now. I'll flip you off. I'll say this and that. But deep down inside, you're not that guy. Now, I appreciate you doing this. I think this is a good move that what you're doing on Saturday was smart. You have to do that. Don't resist it. Lean in. But there's a part of me that wonders if deep down, like, you're having this internal conflict because I know you're not that guy. You're not a villain. You're not a heel, as they say in the wrestling business. Is this a struggle for you at all? No. I mean, the truth is, Ariel, I'm not trying to be anything. I'm being myself. I'm not trying to be the good boy good guy i'm not trying to be the villain i'm not trying to be the hero i'm not trying to be anything on this planet but if i'm showing up and people want to boo or people want to cheer at the end of the day i'm showing up and doing what i want so when i'm sat in in an octagon when i'm stood in an octagon with joe rogan trying to do my my post-fight interview and the whole crowd's booing it's like at the end of the day you're all here watching me keep booing that's the type of person i am you know if someone says something to me in the street i'm gonna be like hey Hold up, come back here, don't chat shit, get back here and tell me what you mean. That's the person I am. Obviously, like, having everyone behind you, the crowd behind you, the support, the love is amazing. But at the end of the day, whether they love me or they hate me, I'm showing up to do what I want to do. And that's become one of the greatest of all time. And ultimately, the worst thing that a fighter uh, can experience is just people being apathetic, right? People not caring, it being quiet. So uh, many people 
have made a ton of money being the quote-unquote bad guy that people want to boo. Just look at uh-huh. Floyd Mayweather, et cetera. So you're in a very good spot. I did want to ask you about the reaction in Anaheim. Like, I saw that one video, you outside the car, talking to the fans. Like, yeah. over, overall, how were the people mm-hmm. towards you on the street, at the arena, you know, the press conference stuff, all that? This is where MMA confuses me, like, <laughs> to a ridiculous degree, right? So... Inside the inside the octagon, I get booed. Inside the the venue of press conference and weigh-ins, I get booed. Outside, people are screaming at me, coming for hugs, wanting photos, wanting autographs. They're talking about me. They're talking about my wife. They're saying, "You guys are awesome. We love you. We support you." Of course, you have one or two fans that try and be cool and try to be funny. That guy shat himself when I called him out. By the way, he throw. You know when it, you like. You know when your kid does something wrong and you and they know they've done something wrong and you see them and like oh oh like. I didn't mean to break that. Like, it was that guy. Like, he just froze. He froze and he didn't move. He's like, me? me? Point. I'm like, get get the fuck over here, you. I was like, say it to her face. Have a sack and say it to her. No, he shot himself. And that's most people, to be honest. When you call someone out, when you put someone on the spot, they just deteriorate. And I, I find this a lot with with fans, and I don't understand it. I don't, I don't like, resonate with it. My Instagram followers are going up. My support online is going up. My brand deals, they're, they're going up. You know, they're getting more lucrative. They're getting bigger brands. I mean, we had four um, slots on the Jumbo Trauma Timex at UFC 298. Like, it was insane. We did that ourselves internally. We created that. So everything we're doing is, getting, is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And the truth is, I think, like, people are sheeps. They hear one thing, they don't fact check, they don't understand the truth or the reality, and they just follow and they're easily led. And I have to understand that. I can't sit here and go, oh, well, they don't understand the reality. It's like, I don't expect people to be smart enough to go and check it out. I don't expect people to to really look into it and fact check. And they're reading lies and twisted words and negativity from people like Sean Strickland, who isn't the perfect example of a human on the planet. And I have to understand that and not be irritated by it or annoyed by it. But the love I get all around the world in person, it's, it, it's not the same. It, it, you have great people uh, surrounding you, your manager, Lloyd, one of the best in the game, your wife, all the people surrounding you, uh, brilliant minds when it comes to this stuff. If I, if I were in charge of Ian Gary Enterprises, what I would say is nice little media tour, victory tour in Ireland now, Connect with the media there. You're connect right. with the people there. That's what we're planning. Brilliant. Okay, so you see, same yeah. mind, and and the, ne- the same and the next one in Ireland. The next one has to be in Ireland, right? I feel like the next one. I don't think. I know you want Colby. I don't think Colby accepts that fight in Ireland, in Vegas, in Florida, on the moon. I really don't. You may. I don't know if you have intel, but I think like a, a top level fight in Ireland, headline three arena. Later on this year, that's that's it's now, right? Please. I would love that. I've been calling for it for the last four or five fights. I've been dying for that to happen. I believe I am the guy to bring them back. I've definitely done enough to warrant them go back to Dublin and put on a show. I mean, tomorrow morning when the rankings come out, I'm going to be number seven or eight in the world. I'll have beaten more guys in the top 15 than Kobe Covington has. That's nuts. Already, I've beaten more guys in the top 15 than Kobe Covington has. I would love that Kobe fight. 
I don't care where it is on the planet. If it's in Dublin, if it's in Vegas, if it's on the moon, I don't mind where it is. I just want to destroy him and rid him from the UFC. I think he's a terrible person. He's fake. He's a persona. He's a character. Yes, he has fans on his side, but that makes it even bigger. And to beat someone like him, to do it in Ireland would, would be a dream come true. I've been shouting from the rafters to make that happen. And I know people are upset with a comment I made recently, and it's it, that, that's the fear I have, is I don't want the UFC to not go back because they go, we want you on the US pay-per-views. Can you explain, I explain where you... I, I, I saw the backlash that you got there, and when I watched it, I, I, I understood what you were saying. I understood you were saying, hey, mm-hmm. I don't want to become champion, and then you can't put me at the three arena because the three arena is too small yeah. and croak part. But I think some people misunderstood. So what were you trying to say? Well, here's the truth, right? The biggest star in the sport is Conor McGregor. And Conor McGregor hasn't returned to the US, to Ireland, since Conor done everything that he did. Why not? Because there isn't a venue big enough to warrant putting on a show in Ireland for that that size, that capacity, the, the money, the turnover, everything. And I understand that. I get that. Because it's more than just a want and a will and I want to bring the UFC back. It's it's logistics. It's, it's how are we going to make it happen? Is it beneficial for us as a company? I want the UFC back to Dublin. I've said it way before I got to the UFC. I'm going to be the guy to bring the UFC back to Ireland. And I, that's still a dream of mine. To fight in my hometown, to be the guy that brought them back, to slay a top 10 opponent in Dublin, Ireland, would be a dream come true. If it was against someone like Kobe, it'd be even bigger because he's a piece of shit and the world, the world would love to see me silence him. So... You're right, Ariel. That is the goal. I am. I, I said it tomorrow. We're back in Brazil at the moment. We're on holidays tomorrow. But I said it to her on the plane. I said, we need to go back to Ireland. We need to do media in Ireland. We need to big up this, mm-hmm. this return for the UFC to Ireland. We need to do it the right way. And we need to make sure that the fans are aware that every time I step in that octagon, like, that's my goal. That is my dream. That's my, that's the next thing for me, is bring them back to Ireland. How would you describe, Ian, your relationship with the Irish people and, and to a degree, the Irish media as well. Cause I did see some upset that they couldn't get some time with you and some of the fans say so. And then I think you spoke to some on Friday to your credit, but c- can you clear some of that up for us? Because uh, again, you have a whole nation behind you. Look at what they're doing for Ilya. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think this is something you so, need to tap into. For sure. And trust me, I try, I do, I do every bit of media that I'm given. However, there was some miscommunication on, or something behind the scenes going on where, Media was being cancelled without my approval. Mm. And then it turns out it was Irish media. And I didn't find out until Tony Ferguson had sent me a message. Wow. Where an Irish, an Irish um, journalist had messaged him saying, what do you think it is, Gary Clem? And I immediately called this person and said, whoa, 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 whoa. What the fuck are you doing? I was like, I thought we were cool. Why are you messaging people? And he was like, oh, you know. I've been cancelled four times. It was not to my knowledge. Mm. To my knowledge, I've done every bit of media that I've been given. So I'm sorry if they prioritize other people over you. I mean, I hit Ariel. I do more media than every single fighter on every single pay-per-view I've been on. It's nuts. I hit so many different markets and continents that I have to do so much more than the, than the biggest fighters in the, in, in the, the pay-per-views. I'm aware of that. And I just say yes, I say yes, I say yes, and I do it. So when it comes to media, I'm always the type of person who will do the media. I've never said no to an interview. I've never said no to not do these things. For me, I know my brand. I know how important these things are. 
I know important coming on your show isn't talking. I know people watch it. I know people listen to it. I know people write about it. So for me, I don't turn those down. That's not what I do. Mm. So when someone was canceling stuff without my permission. Okay. I'm happy you cleared that up. Thank you for that. Uh, he didn't ask me to do this, but how can I fix you and Rampage? I mean, this breaks my heart. I love both of you guys. I mean, this is honestly, what's honestly, going on no, here. No, I'm sorry that it, it happened on my show, but like, I thought he was talking about Ian McCall. I thought he said Ian McCall. I was like, what are you talking about? How do I fix this? Listen, listen you don't need to fix. Truth is, that was just idiotic and stupid. And this is the truth when it comes to, like, I have a blacklist. When it comes to media, I have a blacklist when it comes to interviews and podcasts. And I will say no to the people that do not fact check. You have always messaged us in advance saying, is this true? If I talk about this, is that true? Because you're very good at your job and you don't want to say something that isn't true. And if you did, you know I would be upset. But you don't because you're amazing at your job and that's why you're one of the best to do it. That's why everyone respects you so much. If you do not fact check, if you do not, if you do not, spread if you spread lies and if you just talk shit online to generate traction then i do not want to have any part of those podcasts or interviews or anything because it's just not beneficial to my brand or to anything that's going on at the moment i am trying to be a world champion there has been lies and negativity spread amongst the world that is not true people have not fact checked people are talking out their arse they're talking brown and I have to deal with that. And I'm still doing me. I'm still winning. I'm still happy. I'm still proud of the person I am, proud of the family I have, proud of everything I'm doing. And I'm not going to let people infect that by giving them time and giving them value on their podcasts. So the truth is, with someone like Rampage, he chose the words that came out of his mouth. He didn't fact check. Uh. And then he went, oh, I see you're here on Monday. Well, then why'd you say my name? That's on him. And there's only one person he can... He can be offended by, and it's himself. Be upset at himself. So I appreciate the apology, but you had nothing to do with that. <laughs> All right, fine enough. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, I tried, Rampage. I'm sorry. Uh, can I <laughs> can I ask you about something that I heard in the post-fight press conference from you, which uh, I didn't really know. I don't know that we've ever talked about this, but I found fascinating. You said before you walk out, you have a little cry in the locker room. What is this all about? What, what do you mean cry? Like, I mean, like, sobbing at my eyes. Like, tears rolling really? down my face. Like, it's like, it's, it's weird. So like, I spar backstage to get me ready. Like, cause I, I, I need to react. So I pulled in Danny Rodriguez for this fight, D-Rod. He was in my corner. He was someone who helped me for this fight. He's a big, strong left hand in the southpaw. And I was like, just try cracking with that left hand repeatedly. And I just, my biggest weapons in my eyes. So for me to react and move and find the, the ways to move around his, his shots is what sets me up. And as soon as I'm finished and I'm done my warm up. I leave myself about 20 minutes to just calm the body down, let the body relax. I put on all my gear, my headphones, my, my music, whatever it is, my jacket, put my hood up. I get down on all fours. I put my hands on my head. I put my forehead to the ground. And I swear to God, it's like that, like instant tears. It's being grateful for the journey I'm on. It's grateful for the abilities that I have, for the people that, and here for the people I wish were with me sharing the journey. There's so much for every bit of adversity I've, I've gone through, for all the people that have been by my side for this camp. It starts. It just starts through the day. I feel myself getting more emotional, more emotional, more emotional. 
I, the truth is I cry my eyes out. I thank God for everything that I've been blessed with, my family, my health, my wife, my child, my team. I ask for his strength, his guidance, his speed, his ability, and to protect me. And then I stand up. I listen to some hosier take me to church, a nice Irish musician. It just, every time, it just brings me to tears. And the truth is, I feel like it's like a, a relief. Um, my wife told me about a study that was done recently. I think it was done on no, Olympic athletes. Do not quote me on this. This is, this is, I don't know, reiterating the words of someone mm-hmm. far more intelligent than myself. But she told me that there was a study done on Olympic athletes where people who were emotional and cried prior to their event and people that held it back, the people who let go of all of those emotions achieved or had 100% better success rate because you're not holding on to anything. You're, you're free. And for me, it, it's natural. It's instinctual. It's emotional. I don't force it. I don't make it happen. It just naturally comes. And I don't know. I feel it's like... Uh, I don't know. It's like taking the, the taking all the armor off me and really making me vulnerable, and then going out and just being myself, and being my truest form, and doing it in the most beautiful fashion I can. I know why you have Imagine on your arm there. Why do you have Be Patient? <laughs> so that's my nana. Um, I love my nana so much. She's one of the most incredible people I've ever met. She's she's someone who, other than my wife, she was the one person I'd ever talk about, like, spirituality with and connections. And I was, I'm not necessarily, I, I never thought of myself as religious, but I knew I had a special connection to something above me or a higher power. And she was the only person who ever really gave me that knowledge, that insight, that conversation. But I remember my entire childhood, my nana always told me, Ian, you can be, and she paused. And she'd wait for me to say, be patient. Because I'm that type of kid who will go 110 miles an hour to anything I want to achieve my goals, whether it's to get an ice cream at the shop or whether it's to cross the road or whether it's to go see the donkeys or the horses that me and her used to go do as a kid. I would just, 110% of my energy would go into that. And she would always tell me, like, be patient. Like, it's all going to come. You don't need to rush. And that's how I feel my my title production like my career i don't need to rush this i can be patient and succeed and learn in the best way possible and achieve so much more with that patience because to me ariel whether it's tomorrow or in two years i'm going to be a world champion whether the world wants it or not i know it i feel it it's a matter of time in my mind it is inevitable so for me to have the patience to learn to grow to evolve but also to prove it. I've been three top 15 guys already in my career. If I go out there and I beat a Kobe Covington next, and he is who's next, and then you give me another top three guy, let's use Usman, for example. I've just beaten five top 15 guys, and then I get to fight for a world title. No one can tell me that's not earned or deserved, but that was patience. That was clinical. It was precise. It was earned. It was deserved. There's no cutting corners. So that one is for my nana, and I, I think about that a lot when I think about my career. Like, it will happen. It will come. Just be patient. It, it strikes me when you say, Colby Company, he is next. Do you have any insight? Maybe I'm completely off here about him accepting. Like, did the no, brass say anything I, to you? Well, no. I know, I know for a fact that it's a massive matchup. I mean, when yeah. you think about it, 
when you think about where his ranking is now, like I said earlier on, I've beaten more top 15 competitors than Kobe Covington has. His biggest his biggest claim to fame is I've fought three for three world titles and I've lost all of them. So I believe Kobe still has a lot of respect from the fans. He's still a massive matchup. He has a lot of followers. He's a very good athlete. He pushes the pace and he's got great wrestling, but he's not a tenth of the athlete that I am. He doesn't have the technique that I have. He doesn't have the mindset that I have. I mean, the guy's a joker and a clown. He's going to get cooked by the UFC until he put on this fake persona that everybody knows about and is aware about. He's a pantomime. But I know for a fact I'm the biggest fight he's going to get. He's not going to fight a newsman. He's not going to fight a Shavkat. He's not going to fight Bilal because they're all terrible matchups for him. I'm a striker at heart. Striker versus wrestler makes sense. I've also not been tested against an elite American wrestler in the division. So give me the guy who's arguably the best at it. Hmm. Let me show the world how much better I am than him. Let me do it over five rounds. Let me do it on a massive main event in Ireland or a co-main event on the Conor McGregor, Michael Chandler card, whenever that is. But I promise you now, Ariel, I promise you now, heart to heart, eye to eye, I will put Kobe Covington face down on the canvas, whether I knock him out or whether I choke him unconscious. I don't care how it happens. I know for a fact it will happen because he's never, ever, ever going to be as good as me. And I just know that there is not a bigger matchup for him to take. There is no bigger paycheck for him to get at the moment because I am the biggest name he can compete against. And I think that said and done, he's also not in a position where he gets to turn down fights anymore. You take what you're given or you don't fight at all. By the way, before I let you go, I'm just curious, since it's your division, you mentioned some of these names. Dana White saying that Leon Edwards said yes to three opponents. None of them were Bilal in terms of the fact that like they didn't offer him Bilal. It was it was uh, Hamzat, Shavkat, Islam maybe. None of this worked out for 300. What is your take on this 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 division right now where Bilal, who is unbeaten in his last 10, isn't being offered to Leon? I don't understand this. I really don't. I feel like for the UFC, they want to like... Dana always speaks about how he wants to move the division. He wants to keep the champions active and he wants to get the next guy in, in motion. I understand that the build-up for Bilal and Leon might not be the most entertaining in the world. You know, they're not the most entertaining to listen to or the press conference isn't going to be that big of a build-up. But like everything that's going on in my life at the moment, right? If the fight is going to live up and be good enough stylistically why not make it happen? Why not just talk about the fighting? Leon is a phenomenal fighter. Balao is a phenomenal fighter. So let them go at each other and let them see who's the best in the welterweight division at the moment. I believe they absolutely should make that fight. I understand that Shavkat's probably next in line after him. Make that fight happen afterwards. I feel like Dana said it the other day. I was present when he said it. He like Leon said yes to three different people. So... Give him a guy that's going to say yes. Give him a guy that's going to show. Mm. Make it be Bilal. Make that fight happen. Let's move this division. Let's create like the hype. That's whether Leon or Bilal wins. You know, oh, there's a new champion, or there's and still he did it again. Like that is building up the character of the champion or the new contender. Let's push the division. It's one of the most. It's arguably the most dangerous division in the entire sport when you look at it, totality of the top fifteen. So. Let's enjoy it. Let's have fun because the stylistic matchups, the young talent that's coming through, it's incredible. And I'm excited to see how it all unfolds. Any part of you on Saturday, you look at Ilya, 
young guy, confident guy, undefeated guy from Europe, do what he did, realize his dream, and then see all the buzz, all the happiness, and say like, yeah, and and then say like, that that I I can't wait for that. You like you watch that and say mm-hmm. like that's gonna be me. I mean, I've, I've I've been saying this to you since Cage Words. I'm going to be a world champion. I did that in Cage Words. I'm going to sign to UFC. I did that. I'm now seven and zero in the UFC. The second fighter ever in the history of the UFC to go seven and zero behind Kamara Usman. I have the strike, the highest striking differential in the UFC, the second highest significant strike rate in the UFC. I am making, I am just building and building and building and building on this resume. I've told you, Ariel, I'm going to be a UFC champion in time to come, with time to come. It's inevitable in my mind. There is no ifs, buts, or maybes. It's, it's 100% happening. And I'm excited how it unfolds. The journey to me from how I get there to getting there is the important part. That's the fun part. That's the enjoyable part. When I get there, I'm fighting the next best guy in the world every single time. And I get to prove that I am one of the greatest to do this, that I will be in history, one of the greatest fighters to ever, ever do this sport, whether people like it or not, whether people love me or not, I am going to be that guy. And I'm excited for it. So yes, when I see someone undefeated, young, hungry, go out and achieve that, it sparks a little bit of fire in you. It sparks a little bit of fire because it's like, that's coming. It's coming. But like I always say, Patience. Patience is more important right now than anything. Because my career is already written. My destiny is already written. I just have to enjoy it. Uh, one last quick one, because you texted me. Uh, you, you, you have the uh, same management. Uh, any interest in Sean Brady if the Colby thing doesn't? Uh, he's interested in fighting you. In... I, I, we have the same management. I don't think Sean Brady's an interesting fight at all. I actually don't rate him in any way, shape, or form. I think he's... <laughs> Far, there's far bigger matchups in the division that are far more dangerous that would excite me. And the truth is, if someone offered me a fight with Sean Brady, I'd be like, that's all I deserve. I don't deserve a bigger name. That I'm not going to get excited by that name. I mean, I would hope to fucking God they put Sean Brady 7 as 8 and me 7 because he beat Gasolin, someone who's unranked. I've just beaten a, a guy who's far more dangerous than Kevin Gasolin and Sean Brady. So... No, I have no interest in it whatsoever. I think Sean Brady is someone who is well aware that if he steps in that octagon with me, I'll tump them out of him, and there's no way he beats me. But when you look at the division above me and everybody above me, Ariel, there's Wonderboy, who I'd still love to get my hands on. There's Kobe, there's Shavkat, there's, there's Usman, there's all of these guys that give me, and I'm, I'm not forgetting any names, Gilbert, of course, but I love Gilbert. So yeah. I, mean, I, would, I like That'd be the one person I want to avoid because I love that man so much. But I know me and him would still end up fighting each other if it came to it. But it's like, all of those guys excite me far more than someone like Sean Brady. So I mean, it's just, there's just no interest. So I believe 100% it is Kobe. I believe he's not in a position where he gets to choose anymore. You lose three world title fights, you don't get to choose anymore. The young prospect coming up who's 14-0, and 0, who's 7-0 and 0 in the UFC, was doing everything he said he would, that's the guy who gets to choose his next opponent. That's the guy who gets to call it out and make it happen. Now, if Kobe wants to do it in Miami in the summer or he wants to do it at International Fight Week or he wants to do it in Dublin, wherever he wants, I'll say yes. Whenever he wants, I'll say yes. The ball's in his court now. 
But the truth is, I'm the biggest fight he can get. When it comes to someone who's going to talk back, when it's someone who's going to who's going to respond to him, when it's when it's someone who when they get in that octagon, all the shit he will have said leading up to that fight, I'll talk to him when I beat the fuck out of him in an octagon. If Trump's in, in 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 attendance, I will drag Kobe in front of Trump and I will beat the mouth off him. And I'll say, this is what you've created. Boom. This is MAGA. Boom. I was like, it's no more. Get rid of him. Get him out of the UFC. I will silence Kobe Covington. I will hit him so hard he never speaks again. And when he loses to someone like me, a young prospect, he's going to go, all right. Maybe he goes back to Miami. You know, he's got one girl on one shoulder, one girl on the other shoulder. He's beat to fucking girls. Maybe I should rethink my life choices now. Maybe I should retire. Maybe I should do all these. That kid gave me an ass whooping I've never had before in my life. That's the way I want to beat Kobe. And I don't care where it is or how it's done. I'm going to swing him. Tremendous stuff, Ian. Congratulations. Another notch on the belt. Well done to you. Great stuff all week. Enjoy the time off. And uh, <clears throat> hopefully we'll connect before the next one. Looking forward to it. And thank you again, as always. I appreciate your love and support, as always. And I appreciate that you're the best in the game. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ian. There he is, Ian Machado-Gary. Another massive win for him. Remains undefeated. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So that was one big win on Saturday. Another massive win, arguably the second biggest win of the entire night was uh, the other Georgian fighter on the card. He finally, it seems, has stamped his ticket to get a title shot. Finally! It only took 10 fights in a row and three wins over former champions. And if you include Marlon, a fourth massive win over Henry Cejudo, we've got Marab Dwalishvili here. There he is. Look at Marab. Wow. Marab, well done, my friend. Unbelievable. Look at you. Congratulations. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Marab, what a performance. Like all the pressure, the big moment for your country, you haven't fought in 11 months. You went out there and you beat him at his own game. You were picking him up. You made him look easy out there, Marab. What do you think about your performance? What do you think about what you accomplished on Saturday? You know what's crazy? I don't, I don't even feel that I was in the fight. You know, I had fun. I had so much fun there. And like all this training, I was preparing this fight. It was hard, of course. Like I was training hard, but uh, and it, everything was hard. Like every day, I'm grinding, and uh, and uh, of course, last week always hard weight cut, and there is so many things happened. I was so busy, and then the once I make weight, the fight, the like just the, the you know just time goes 
quick and then the fight time came and I just go there and I, I had just fun. I, I don't so before the fight like no nervous, nothing. I was just uh, nervous. Why I'm uh, why I wasn't nervous, you know, I don't feel any pressure or anything. I I go as you guys see and uh, I had fun, you know, um, maybe and then uh, I, I need to wake up like one round first before I uh, start doing my thing and after I wake up and I I, sh I show that I, I I show, yeah, I just fight. And then and then when I, uh, when fight's over, I wanted to more, you know, it, it wasn't enough. I, I want to fight now, you know. The, first, it was fun. I don't know, but all the respect, Henry Senfudo is a great fighter, but um, but now everybody see, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I am, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm young and hungry and uh, I'm a new generation and uh, it's my time now. Yes, a different level, no doubt about it. And you know, it's interesting, speaking of levels, Marab, last year you beat Piotr Jan, five, nothing, wasn't even close. And then obviously you have the injury and a bit of time off, but you should have gotten the title shot after that fight. And so things happen and it's all good. But even since the last time we spoke to you in December, something has changed, Marab. I mean, your social media, who's in charge? I texted you about this. Who's in charge? Of, where has this been? Because the social media is so good that now people are thinking, wow, this guy is funny. He's different. He's not just, you know, a wrestler who puts his heart out on. Like, we're seeing a different side of you. Even on Thursday, you come with the Mexican flag. You're having fun. It's changed everything. Now where people are really backing you and loving you. How did you come to this conclusion? I need to do this because this isn't the same Marab that we saw last year or the year before that. Something has changed and it's a beautiful thing to watch blossom. And now look, I feel like all these people are behind you because you're allowing us to see this different side of you. That's all me. And I was always like this, you know, like even when I post three years ago and I broke broke the ice with my head, you know, I, I like to make, <laughs> I like jokes and I like having fun and I like have a laugh and make uh, you know positive energy uh, I don't like drama but uh, so and okay what happened was you know when I asked UFC I think I deserve title fight they said we'll see you know go fight Henry and we will see you know I'm like I mean in my head I already deserve what should I do but I'm like I just maybe push my social media like something like just show my personality and uh uh, I that was just me, like. But you know, the the the, the when Henry screw up my last name, that was of course my. It always bothers me. The people always uh, fucks up my name, and I wanna teach Henry <laughs> to show everyone. Just read it, bro. Like you know, if if Ariel Hawani can read my last name, good. Why you can, you know? But um, uh, so yeah, that was just my idea. Of course, that this like this um, this I still have this. Here, <laughs> this is like, amazing. This also. This is amazing <laughs> what you did there. That was incredible. Yeah, yeah, because these things bother me. Like when I, I mean, the first that when the champion called rematch number six guy. Of course, this bothers me now. You know, I, you know, of course, I, I am. You know, I want to fight for all the titles. I think I'm the next. But and the, when I see that if the challenger wins, and he he wants the rematch, and nobody, everybody ignore me. I'm like, I'm here, guys. What's <laughs> what's up? So. And then that was also my idea. But no, of course, this like a uh, prepper belt and like this fun, like this. That's just that's just like uh, jokes and uh, like uh, simple things. And um, yeah, that you know, like like so like now, um, 
everything is easy now and uh yeah you guys um, will see more more funny videos like this i love it so dana white on saturday said yeah he thinks you're next it's it was the most definitive answer that we've gotten to you know your spot in the division do you believe that your next fight will be for the belt yes i believe have you been told this yeah. uh nothing in person but um uh so I see first time Sean Shelby, he was very impressive. He came in the uh, locker room. He said, good, great fight. Like, great fight. Like, like he said, like, look at this crowd was going crazy on you. I'm like, thank you, sir. Thank you. So thank you so much for giving me another challenge to show everyone. I, I am the next contender for the title. He said, let's go. And that was it. Uh, is there any chance you're the backup fighter for 299? Are you are you that crazy? I am crazy. <laughs> I am crazy. I will take it. Did they offer it. you this? No, they don't offer me. But you know, some um, in press conference, somebody asked Dana, and he said, uh, "Yeah, we'll see." But yeah, like uh, nobody offered me yet. But I will. Uh, I would love to be backup fighter. I'm good. No problem. I don't have problem to make weight in five days i can i can just live in my normal life and uh, oh, uh i will start weight cutting in five days before and I'll, I'm, I'm, I'll be ready who do you prefer wins on the 9th of march sean or cheeto which fight do you do you prefer for the belt of course sean uh yeah uh, you know he's the champion now. He's uh, um, he's very popular uh, in TikTok, and um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to fight. <laughs> did you see him at the fight? Uh, yeah, I did see him. But you know, you know, I also see in like you know when you go back in the stage, I see him, but. Now like people talk, oh, go talk to him, chase him. I'm like, bro, why? Like, I'm gonna fight next champion, whoever will be. Now he has to chase me. You know, like, I, I never chase. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't like to drama. Like he jump in when Aljo uh, became champion, and I don't like this. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. That time I don't feel like it. You know, if I feel like, it, then I have to like make a little drama or face him or something. You know, of course, as a fighter, I respect him, but yeah, but and also. I see he was wearing nice white jacket, so, but I like the jacket. Yes, yes. So, you know, you, you posted yeah. something recently, uh, 10 years ago, I think you were working in, in some sort of construction um, when yes. you came. That guy and, and the photos, it's amazing to see you like that. Um, first of all, can you tell me about what you were doing? And, and number two, that guy, would he have ever believed that all this would happen to you eventually? You're about to fight for a UFC title. Fans love you around the world. Your country loves you. You're you're a huge star over there. You're becoming a huge star here. Would that guy have believed that it would have turned out like this? That guy, that time, no. I was, I was mentally down, crushed because I, I, you know, before when I came, and when I came begins, I, I have hope. Then I will, I will work hard, and I will do everything for it, and. Uh, you know, I was believing myself. I, I I was thinking too. I can I can do it. I can make the UFC and I can be a tough ten fighter. But the and then 
all my hopes gone in one year, and I was just construction worker. I I almost quit, you know. I quit a couple of times in you know, MMA because wasn't wasn't make sense. I cannot even find the MMA gym. Uh, I don't even have a training partners. Um, I I cannot even get MMA fights here. I was training better in Georgia than US, and uh, and uh, so many other problems. And uh, and I was by myself uh, without English, uh, but I was happy. At least I have a job and uh, I can be just free. I can make my own money and support my uh, friends or family or just be feel like a man. You know, at least I have a job. Then, but after like one year in hell, like lots of things change. I find that my team set a longo. I start training there, and uh, my hopes came back. But. Uh, um, uh, after I was working all day construction, I was uh, uh, like a demolition guy, beginning, and uh, it was so tiring. I was training after I guess it wasn't enough, and I lost my official pro debut. I have ten fights in Georgia, which it doesn't count. Like uh, I had like my my friends who fought same night, they have uh, these fights and professional, you know, uh, record, but I don't have it somehow. Uh, and uh, so I lost my pro debut, and I kind of like a little bit like start thinking about oh this MMA should I still chase or no? And then I win next, and they give me short notice, and I got sick and I lost, and then I lost my hope. I'm like I'm now one and two. I will never make UFC. Uh, after hard work, I'm going training hard. I don't have time. Like it's so cold in New York. I was outside working all day and then going gym, and it was so painful, you know. And uh, I, and uh, it was so hard. Like and then uh, the, at that time, I was thinking whole world was against me. Like you know, and I started fixing my immigration papers, and the lawyer lied to me, and uh, uh, everything was going other directions, and. Uh, but thank God I was able to uh, patient, uh, still continue work, and uh, uh, and uh, uh, I, my hopes came back. I, I take a little a long break, and uh, I came back for. I was thinking I don't care if I even make UFC or no. I just want to fight. I love fight. I don't want no, no excuses, and um, win or lose, I gotta do what I love. Because when I wasn't fighting, I was thinking, oh, maybe I will enjoy like everybody else, going club, going restaurants, date some girls. But I was doing a little before all of that, but I wasn't happy. And I realized I miss fighting, I miss MMA even. I have to spend money for the fight. Even, even I have to... I was working all day, working out, lifting heavy weights, running with the garbage and uh, climb to the roof and jump to the ladder and uh, risking my life. And then after that, I was I had to go work. Or I had to just training. It was uh, very hard, but thank God I did that. And now I changed my life and I give motivation to so many young generations. 
Did you and see now? It's amazing. Uh, did you see this video? We showed it at the beginning of the show, and, and perhaps we could show it to you as well. I'm sure you've seen it back home in Georgia. All the people outside, early morning, singing the national anthem before you fought. The scenes when you won. Sure. The scenes when Ilya won. When you see that, how does that make you feel? Of course, happy. And Georgia was always uh, support me, and I want to tell them I love you guys so much. You guys are the, my one of the big motivation, and I will do always my best to make you proud and uh, represent our country and uh, show kids good, uh, good example how to be just 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 be normal normal citizen, you know, good citizen. <laughs> Ilya got it done. Uh, I'm sure that I saw your post about him. Pretty incredible, right? That by the end of this year, there could conceivably be two champions from Georgia. Yes, uh, this is a really, really big moment for the country, Georgia. And I'm so happy for my brother. He's really working hard and uh, he, he deserved everything. Like you guys remember, he was saying it's it's not cockiness or it's not like, uh, um, he's not like... Uh, he, he he was working hard and he believed his work and he's just kind of, he was just confident and, uh, and now everybody saw like how how it is everything is true. By the way, uh, earlier today I saw a clip where um, your coach Ray Longo is on the Anakin Florian podcast and he said that you and Aljo you fought like a three round fight in the locker room before the fight like you went the full fifteen minutes like full blast with Aljo is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that common? That's how we warm it up. You know, I like <laughs> to warm up uh, good. Uh, but yeah, we we are best friends, training partners, and uh, we 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 beat each other and make uh, uh, better each other, and uh, and then we are ready for uh, anybody else. What was tougher, the uh, the battle with Aljo in the locker room or the Henry fight? I think a battle with Aljo. <laughs> <laughs> Marab, you picked up you picked up an Olympic gold medalist and you carried him across the other side of the cage. I mean, that was nuts. Did you really do that just to talk to Mark Zuckerberg, or did he just happen to be there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had too much fun there. You know, uh, actually, uh, uh, me and me and Mark, we've been uh, friends Instagram uh, um, last couple months or maybe one year, and then we, we just we 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 we've been texting each other positive energy, and uh, like good text. And uh, so yeah, and when I saw him there, of course I was excited. I I said hello to him, and uh, when I was fighting, he was my fourth corner. He was he was giving me some tears. The one time I remember, he called me thirty seconds left, and I looked at him. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, I was cheating a little bit because I have fourth corner that night, and uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, when I shoot Henry, and I know I got him, I'm like, now I, I want to lift him. I want to make. I want to have a fun with him. And then when I lift, I'm like, where is Mark? And I start to look. Oh, I, I see him, and I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and I throw in front of him. Yeah, just. Did Henry say anything to you after the fight? Yeah, we did met him, and he told me go get a 
title. You know, you got this, and you can win this. And uh, and he told me he was really surprised my face um, and uh, my. He told me some words I can't like because I guess uh, he was saying like how I'm. In, in, I mean, I'm like uh, it's hard to read me. You know, like it's when one thing is when you see me from uh, far, like when I'm fighting, maybe I don't look like a. Uh, like a maybe a strong fighter or something, I don't know. But when you're fighting me, you you will feel like that I'm I'm different. He said before the fight, if he loses, he'd retire. It seemed like he was leaning that way after, but he didn't get the microphone. And Dana White said at the press conference, like he retired once. That wasn't his moment. That was your moment. He could do that on his own time. Do you think he should have had a moment in the cage? Um, um, yeah, usually, uh, usually like the fights like this, you know, if it's not main event, uh, usually they don't give you microphones, uh, and, uh, uh, so, and especially after loss and I understand, you know, uh, okay. but yeah, I don't know. So, do you think he will retire? Do you think he should retire? Um, no, he's a good fighter. I will never tell somebody to retire because we love this sport. Like I said, I when I was um, when when I quit, I uh, I'm like, why are you doing this? I'm not making money. I actually spend money for training, and um, I'm, I'm 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 I don't have time for even sleep or for even eat or I just maybe after get freezing work and I come home just stay in one house while I'm going I have to go training go outside again and, and I, anyway so what I'm saying is I when I started fighting again because I, I love it and I was willing to do without money and I actually I was actually make money from construction like and then just spend money to me to travel or pay for the athletic commission or whatever it was, you know, and to just fight, you know, because I love it. So now this level, when you when you are UFC fighter and then you you can win or lose, you can still come and uh, do your thing. Uh, you gotta keep fighting long as you want. You know, this is my choice, and uh, I think uh, you should be able to do whatever you want to do. By the way, how's your hand after the fight? Very good. Very okay. good. No problem. That's good. Uh, I'm happy. I was a little bit worried about that, so I'm happy to hear that. And by the way, what about the Mexican fans adopting you as one of their own? The the comments were hilarious. The like the people writing your name with a bit of a twist on it. Were you expecting that yeah. kind of response when you did that with the flag? Of course, I wasn't accepting <laughs> that kind of response. So. But uh, yeah, thank you, my Mexican friends. Uh, we were Mexico, and uh, uh, so oh, my thing was, you know, I I'm from Georgia, and uh, uh, you know I, you know, like I, we all know you 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 from Canada. You always uh, proud of mention that, and uh, and uh, I respect you because you are a good man or a good journalist and represent your country. It's it's only good for you and good you know why not be just professional and represent your country or where you're from you know but yeah somehow Henry 
wasn't doing that, and uh, that's why I decided to him my 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 personal opinion. Um, yeah, he he should uh, he should be proud to be Mexican, you know, because uh, uh, the to be Mexican only Mexicans can be can say that we are Mexicans. They're really strong people, uh, very hard workers. Uh, I have so many friends, and I've been in Mexico, and of course, all only respect and love this country, and. Uh, um, so that's why I did this, you know, <laughs> I, I bring Mexican flag, you know, but I, of course I wasn't, um, uh, I wasn't trying to, um, uh, to like, uh, like you, you mentioned, I wasn't trying to think that, that, that no, it was great. Session, but, yeah. The response was hilarious. Uh, last thing for you, Marab, in a perfect world, when would you like to fight again? Obviously the title fight has to happen next month. When are you, th- and, and, you know, there's going to be a few months after that, but. What are you feeling? What are you thinking? I'm ready next month. But if I will be re- realistic, I guess uh, whenever the UFC decides to have a next title fight, of course I will be ready. But I want to fight as soon as possible. Uh, I'm, I'm young. I'm hungry. Um, I love fighting. You know, now injury-free. And I'm, I am a gym every day, and uh, uh, I don't have uh, uh, more important in my life other than fighting. So this is number one, my job, and uh, I would love to be busy, but I understand like it's now, now I'm official fighting for the title, and I have to wait. Right. And then, and then if all goes well in that fight, then you do the first defense against Frankie Science, right? <laughs> Never. I mean, I wish, but I'm not, I'm not going to call my rematch. I will call number one um, contender, whoever will be next. Congratulations, Marab. Very happy for you. Long time coming. Uh, well-deserved, well-earned. Well done, really. Well done. It was an amazing performance, and I'm so happy for you that you're finally going to get this shot and that you're getting the love that you deserve as well. I remember many, many moons ago, Ally Quinta always saying, Marab, you got to know this guy. You got to talk to this guy. He's the guy. He's the next uh, guy to come from the gym. And and he was right. And he wasn't the only one from the gym, but Al in particular would always talk about you. So I'm very happy for you guys. Ariel, thank you so much for your support. It's always, always giving me your time and this opportunity to spoke uh, the MMA fans and of course thank all my teammates and especially because Alaya Quinta is a very great guy as you know and uh, yeah I want to tell everyone thank you guys for support uh, I love you and uh, you guys see many many fights uh, like my I'm going to show you many I mean I'm here I'm not yes. going anywhere I'm yes. only getting better so. I love see it you guys soon. thank you Marab congrats thank there you. he is thank you the pride of Georgia, the pride of the United States, the pride of Mexico, uh, Marab Dawalishvili. We're going to be joined by the bantamweight champion in a matter of moments, Shugashan O'Malley. Yes, the man who is up next to headline a UFC pay-per-view. Joining us in a second or two, so buckle up, my friends. He was in attendance. Can't wait to get his... This week on The Gray Area, Professor Diana Posulka and I tackle one of life's biggest questions. Are we alone in the universe? What would it take for you to step off the agnostic ledge and say, yeah, aliens are real? Is it a spacecraft landing on the White House lawn? 
Well, something that was anomalous in 1952 did fly over the White House. And that's one of those cases that is still weird. (laughs) That's This Week on the Gray Area, available wherever you get your podcasts. Thoughts? Okay. Always a big thrill to be joined by our next guest, the best texter and the fastest texter in the game. He was in attendance on Saturday at the pond looking fantastic. That shot there when they went to him after... I think it was Marab's win with the glasses stone cold next to Tim Welch. Tremendous stuff. He's up next. He's the next headliner defending his title for the first time. There he is right over there in attendance at the pond looking like a superstar. Uh, Like I said, he's up next in Miami 299. He's the bantamweight champion of the UFC. Sugar Sean O'Malley. Hello, Sugar. How are you? Ariel, I can't complain, brother. How are you doing? Where are we coming from here? What is this? I'm uh, heading to uh, my second practice. We'll head into the other house. Going to go get a workout in my sprinter van. Uh, I'm just a driven person. You know what I mean, Ariel? Yes. I love this. This is incredible, this car. This... You know, driven as in I'm not driving. Sure, sure, sure. Yes, yes, yes. But it's it's an amazing setup you have here, and I love the juxtaposition of the car seat right next to the whole setup. Well, yeah. It's, uh, you know, is it a little dark in here? We turn the lights on for you, Ariel. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, this is a great uh, look at that. The chain you've got, you got the 305 hat looking fantastic, and you looked fantastic. Oh, there's the thumbs up. Uh, I love when it does that. You ever see that? You got thumbs up, and then the screen does thumbs up too. It's so weird. I don't know where that came from. Not now, it won't work. So you were there on Saturday looking great. First, I'll ask you your thoughts on the main event because I know you had your eyes on Ilya Taporia. Oh, there it is behind you. What fight is that? Is that. Are you muted on your phone? Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, that's Beaver's Aljo. I just like to watch stuff. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, what did you think of Ilya's win in the main event? Oh, it's beautiful performance. Beautiful. Loved it. Uh, Ilya's, ever since he kind of came on the scene, I remember when he fought Ryan Hall. He was uh, in the back warming up on uh, on one of the prelims on one of my cards. I was probably on the main card. He was in the prelims. Um, and I was watching one of them up. Didn't know who he was. I was like, damn, he's fighting Ryan Hall. Ryan was kind of killing everyone at the time. And I was like, and then he goes out there and knocked out Ryan Hall. I was like, damn, that was impressive. Uh, watched him ever since. So to go out there, watch how confident he was all fight week leading up to that fight. And for him to go out there and do that, was it was a beautiful performance. Were you expecting that? Or did you think that he was biting off more than he could chew against Volk? I don't know. I mean, Volk coming off that nasty KO not too long ago, Elias' confidence that high, how dangerous he is. I wasn't had a feeling that Elias was going to win, but I was like, you can't count Volk out. Volk's the man. So it's hard, you know, fighting's so crazy. It's hard to count anyone out, but crazy. We're knocking, uh, knocked out the featherweight goat in round two. I knocked out Aljo, randomly goat in round two. Um, I kind of pushed that fight a little bit. I've been getting a lot of hate for it, a little pushback saying uh, that I'm ducking Marab. I'm like, Marab just barely, not barely, he whooped Henry, but Henry's like 42 or something. He looked horrible. I would have knocked Henry out four times that fight. And then Elia goes out there and knocks out Volk, the greatest featherweight of all time in round two, in a beautiful performance. And I'm calling him out, and then I'm getting shit from the MMA fans saying, oh, you're ducking Marab. I'm like, I'm trying to call out like a fight that I feel is like exciting. That's like, holy shit. But I got a lot of pushback on it. People, I don't know if people actually want me to fight Marab as much as it. They just hate the confidence that I have that I'll go out there and knock out Elia. But I decided I've said what I needed to say. I've sent my message to Marab or to Elia. 
if Marab's next, Marab's next. I can get Elia whenever, whenever the time comes. I haven't talked to UFC because obviously there's nothing to talk about. I got Chito Vera, March 9th. That's that's what's next. That's what I need to focus on. I'm definitely not overlooking him by any means. I've said what I need to say to those guys. And uh, really what it comes down to is I go out there and put on the performance that I say I'm going to put on against Cheeto, a beautiful, masterful performance. Um, and I call out whoever I want on that mic. I think I can get what fight I want. But I got to go out there and do what I do. And I appreciate that very much. The reason I opened with Ilya is because of the back and forth you guys uh, had on social media, and, and I and I heard you or I read you say that he's going to be your Eddie, sort of implying that he's going to be the guy that you... Yes, so does that mean you're standing down now? Like, are you, are you just moving on from this idea? Ilya is my Eddie. Woo, that was clean. Um, <laughs> that, that, like I said, I got Cheeto Vera. Whatever, how many days it is, 19 days, whatever it is. I got I got to get through him, which I will, confident. Um but anything can happen, and I learned that in the first fight against Cheeto. Anything can happen, so I'm not overlooking him. I got to go out there and do what I do. I got to show up, put on put on a beautiful performance, and I think I can get get. I mean, I went out and knocked out Aljo, called out Cheeto. That's the fight. That's the fight I got. If I would have went out there and barely beat Aljo, and it's like I, you know, maybe I don't have that power. Not saying that I have the power right now, but I go out there and do what I want to do, and I get on that mic and I call my shot. We'll see what happens. Okay, so I know you just touched on on uh, Marab's win over Henry a little bit, but um, if you could expand, were you surprised that it was that one-sided, that dominant? Um, a, yeah, a little bit. I, I was hearing rumors, you know, the fight day that, hey, Henry didn't have a great camp, Henry Hood is going, Henry didn't get his spar, didn't get train as, as much as he wanted to. So uh, with that being said, it's like you can't, you can't go into a fight not 100% against Mrab. Mrab is a machine. He's 10-fight win streak. You know, he, he's fucking good. So, yeah, I, I wasn't surprised when I heard that. Um, Henry is getting a little bit older. If he's done, he's done. You know, that, that oof. Uh, so, yeah, no, I think uh, I, it's so weird watching fights live and then watching them back on the TV. I haven't re- been able to rewatch any of the fights uh, on the TV yet. So, uh, I'll probably have a different perspective on it. But he looked good. Uh, just curious, why, why did you go to the fights? Uh, I wanted to punk out Cheeto, but he wasn't there. I don't know where he want. I don't know where he was. I thought he was going to be there. Um, I thought, you know, I, I was kind of pushed for that Elia fight. I thought maybe I could have a run-in with someone. Didn't see Mrab, didn't see Henry, didn't see Elia. Cheeto didn't even show up. My aura was too big. My presence was too powerful. Uh, it intimidated him. I heard he was in California. He decided not to go. Uh, maybe got a little scared. I don't know. So you just went in and out for the day? I was there, yep. Flew in Saturday morning, flew out Sunday morning. Okay. Um, and and uh, Dana White did say afterwards that Marab is next. Do you think that is the right call? At 135, Marab should be next? Dana said that, huh? Yeah. I didn't hear that. Yeah, I mean, there's Marab, there's Corey, there's Elia. Those three are all potential for next. It's, again, I'm... Boom, laser yeah. focus, dialed, Cheeto, March 9th. Whatever, uh, whatever happens after that, I'm, I'm very confident in. Rab's very beatable. Henry about knocked him out. Marlon Reyes about knocked him out. Um, Rab's got a crazy good gas tank. He's got good wrestling. Um, he's a dangerous opponent. When I think of like a scary opponent, what makes me go, whoo, that's Elia. Elia gives me that. He could put your fucking lights out and change life. 
that's a scary opponent. Rab's a dangerous opponent. You just got that good cardio, and you, you could eventually put your lights out after you gas out. But he's not like a fit. He barely fit. He didn't finish Henry. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. I like big, big fights. I like, you know, when you're, when you're grinding through these fight camps, like what's a, I mean, Rab, I'm not saying that wouldn't, wouldn't be up there, but what it comes down to is what do the people really, truly want to see? If they want to see Barab, I mean, that that's what's next. But again, hate even talking about that. I got Cheeto in front of me. Uh, one last thing on Henry. Do you think he should retire? I mean, he didn't look great. He definitely looked worse than he usually does. Again, that could have been the injuries. That could have been him just getting a little bit older, uh, a little bit shorter. I don't know. It's, it's, you know it's, up, it's up to him. Okay, fair enough. Um, and, and, and when you were there on Saturday, you know, among the people, what kind of reception did you get? Uh, I felt like a good reception. Like the sugar can. I saw a lot of sugar merch out there. Speaking of dropping a crazy drop, the, the Miami fight drop drops tomorrow, Ariel. Uh, the people were, were loving the sugar show, and I love the people. Uh, it, was, it was fun. Uh, good to be there. Where does it drop? Where can people get it? Sugarshop.co in the description. I talked to your uh, your producer. He said, yeah, we'll, we'll tag it. No, I'm just kidding. Sugarshop.co. Oh, we'll put it there. I don't mind. Yeah. Hell yeah. Consider it done. <laughs> um, and, and, and so l- let me ask you, because you mentioned Miami. That's next. There's a whole thing now. 299 better than 300. Should Sean O'Malley have headlined 300? Why'd they put you on 299? Arguably, you know, the, 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 the biggest, youngest, freshest faced in the game, new champ, all that. Should you have been on 300? You know, there's a whole saga getting this main event done. They finally got it done on Saturday. But, like, should you have been on 300 rather than 299? Uh, yeah, I've never, I haven't really thought about it. I like 299. I like the way it sounds. I like that it's in Miami. Um, I like that it's in March. I wanted it sooner than later. So 299 is perfect for the Sugar Show. Uh, I don't think... You know, I'm the biggest thing in the UFC yet. I think, uh, I thought Connor, you know, Connor should be, if they're going all out and all that, Connor, Alex versus Jamal, sweet fight, really, really badass fight. Excited for that. But um, maybe UFC 400, I'll, I'll headline. But I know the September Mexican Independence Day at the Sphere in Vegas, that's kind of, God damn it, everybody's going to be talking about future fights. Sorry. Here. I got, you know, <laughs> oh. Start, you know, I can't let this guy first. Wow. So you versus. Mexico's own Marab Dawalishvili at the Sphere in September. Is that what you're implying? I was thinking Elia. Okay. So, okay. But, uh, <laughs> uh, has been been sort of adopted by the Mexican fans. That's why I Ilya's Spanish. So I, I was I thought. You... I saw he's kind of. I mean, I, I kind of already took that. Marab's kind of kind of. I got the Mexican flag on my UFC belt, Ariel. Is that true? Very true. Wait, is that because they put all the flags there or because you asked for it to be there? They ask you. So they send you a little custom thing. They say, what do you want? Uh, and yeah, it's, uh, I got the Mexican one. Wow, you, you asked for this. Why? I'm Mexican. <laughs> you have Mexican roots? Yeah. Which side of the family? My daughter. Okay, of course. Your wife or your your partner. What are you married? Yeah, yeah. She's Mexican, and now I have a baby who's Mexican. We have the same DNA. Therefore, do the math. Yes. Okay. Sorry, I was thinking your mom, your dad. I, w- I was thinking of that. You know, like, yeah, I get it. That makes total sense. Wow. So that would be huge. You should be on the uh, the sphere card. Um, you you and you and Cheeto had the uh, the face off. You had the press conference in December. What was your uh, What was your takeaway from that? 
Was, oh, there it is. Oh, you can show it to me? Oh, I love it. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yep. Yep. It is amazing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that thing is heavy. Um, you and Cheeto in December. What did you what, what did you uh, yeah. make of it? What did you what did you take? What were the vibes you 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 walked away with? What were your feelings? Um same as when I stood across from him in the octagon. I'm 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 better than this dude. I'm going to go out there and uh do what I was about to do to him and put his lights out. I feel, you know, he's good, he's tough, he's very durable, but that doesn't get the job done against me. Can't just be tough, can't just be durable. Uh I, I believe I'm more skilled, faster more accurate and I'm going to go out there and I just feel confident standing in front of him. Um, you watch that fight a lot, that first fight in preparing for this one? No, not uh, really at all. Actually, you know, it's such a short fight. You know, you only need to watch it a couple times to pretty much memorize it. I'll piece him up. And that's about it. Who has improved more since that fight? Um, you know, I'm the champ now. You tell me. Do you think he's improved a lot? Not really, to be honest. Just a little bit. I mean, he's, he, he's kind of peaked. You think he's peaked, even after the last performance? I, I to be a hundred percent honest, I still haven't fully watched the Pedro fight. I watched what? two minutes of it. I watched two minutes of it. Realized I was like, he's, I'm gonna KO this dude. That's all I needed to watch. Tim does most of the watching, and he'll show me little clips and little stuff here and there. But for the most part. Um, yeah, I just, I, I watched two minutes of that, realized I was going to knock him out, and that's all I need to know. Speaking of Tim, what about this take that he likes to have raw milk at the coffee shop? I mean, straight from the teat, no pasteurization, no almond, no, you, you, surely you don't subscribe to this being a good idea. I use heavy, organic, uh, raw, uh, heavy whipping cream. Interesting. So I don't, I don't in the like... In the coffee? Yeah, I get like good amount, like that much in there. Froth it; it makes it nice and foamy. I put my AeroPress right into the coffee. I swear to God, I make the best coffee in the world. Is it you do this at the shop at the gym? I don't. Tim makes his coffee different than I do. Uh, I don't make. I just make my coffee at home. Okay. Well, how is the shop at the gym? He, he told me I should stop by, but they don't have almond milk. That's my thing, and I kind of feel like I need to hold out until they at least introduce that. Yeah, I agree. I think you should. I think you make a stand. Yeah. <laughs> for it. We did a little sugar shop pop up, uh, pop up at the coffee shop. There's the, both of the gyms are right next to each other in the same complex. The little sugar shop pop up shop had some people come in, uh, buy some of the new merch before it went on sale. Uh, it's fun. We have a really really cool community. Um, you know, everyone there is, is super cool, dude. I love watching the the. I love watching the adults that come in for jiu-jitsu that work full-time, 40 hours a week, and they grind, and they come in, and they still do jiu-jitsu. It's motivating. It's inspiring. It's really cool to see. The kids' classes are just the cutest thing ever, watching them roll around. They're actually getting really good, too, so it's really fun to watch. But, yeah, the Tim's doing a good job. Built a really cool uh, community there. Uh, preparing for this fight, obviously biggest fight. The next fight is always the biggest fight. Tim was injured. Torn Achilles. Obviously, he could be there, but maybe not as active. Was that challenging? Not at all. I, it's so crazy that I remember just yesterday when his Achilles popped. I heard it go, and we all were like, what the fuck? And then he got surgery. Three days later, 
And now we went through a full fight camp, and he's already walking around in, uh, out of his boot and moving around, holding mitts just fine. Like, he's still got a little limp, still got a you know a little bit of an issue there, but zero worries. Um, yeah, there was no worries there. He's been holding mitts for me pretty much the whole time. It's it's actually pretty crazy to think about how fast he's recovered and how how active he already is. Okay. Uh, so no hindrance there. Uh, I know that you spoke about this a little bit more after the fact, but the last camp going to Aljo was a bit of a nightmare, right? Like you were you were pretty banged up, and and obviously I don't want you to reveal your cards here, but would you say this one a little less turmoil, tumultuous than the one going into August? Yeah, sitting here right now, 18, 19 years out, whatever it is, I feel fucking great, Uncle Ariel. I feel great. It's funny because I journal all my fight camps. I write in the morning, I write at night, I write where my weight is, I write how I feel, I write what I do that day. And that last fight camp, I go back, because I'll write, you know, in the morning, 19 days out, and then I'll go back and look at my journal. From, you know, mm. And it's crazy looking, like, just about talking about, like, what how, what I was dealing with, going through, I'm like, all right, what am I going to do today? I can't grapple still, like, blah, blah, blah. But it, it's it's interesting looking back on how I, how I felt compared to how I feel now. And in my opinion, Aljamain Sterling was the worst matchup for me in the bantamweight division, and I put his lights out in two. So it's you know it's a it's a big confidence booster mentally, knowing that I can deal with that, still get the job done. Uh, why do you do that, the journalist? It's fascinating. Why do you do that? And and how long have you been doing that? 2017, 2018 for a long time. I just you know I I thought I thought it could be an advantage. I'm like if I know. Well, well, at first started, I'm like, God, I wish, I wonder what, what my weight was last camp. And I started doing that early on, and I think before I even got to the UFC, I'm like, I wonder what my weight was. I'm like, why don't I just write it down? So I have like six full journals of fight camp, uh, of knowledge and information. And, uh, you know, I, I want to be the, the greatest of all time. And I think that's just something, maybe not necessary, but a little uh, part of the recipe to get there. Preparing for this fight as champion as opposed to the rest of your career where you're chasing a belt, chasing a guy, any difference there mentally? Not really. The only reason you want to be champ is to get paid more. I'm getting pay-per-view. I'm making a lot more money I've ever made. And, uh, you know, that's that's what drives me. I've been a businessman since I got into the sport. You know, being champ is great. Love it. Um, but the reason I wanted to be champ is I wanted to be paid. And uh, here we are, I'm getting paid, and it feels great. Best thing you bought since becoming champ? Other than the ranch, of course. But I think you had that a little bit before, right? I bought it before the fight. Yeah. moved in after. It's my first camp. But I'm, I'm building a warehouse. It should be getting done today. A 4,000-square-foot warehouse. I'm going to put a full gym in there. Full-size octagon in there. Wow. That's literally right now. It's uh, I'm very excited about that. There's potentially five acres in my backyard, pretty much, that I might be buying. Uh, I'm gonna start build. I want to start building my little community, my compound. My my next goal is to you know get land and figure out how to you know get Tim and Mariah to come out and live. I'll have about ten acres if I can get that, and uh, start building building the community. And what do you mean by community? I want Danny's mom. I would I would like to have more babies. You know, sometimes I think I'm like God. I wouldn't mind having ten babies. So you know, uh, not really ten, but a good <laughs> amount. Danny's mom, full time nanny, have her out here. Have Tim and Mariah out here. Have you know maybe Brandon, my strength and conditioning coach. Fucking love being around that dude. Have him out here, and just being around good people, 
and uh, you know, keep my head on straight and keep going because you know you can get pulled in all sorts of directions. And if I'm around good people, you know, I got I'm 29 right now. I got five, six, seven more years of, of grinding and just wanting to, you know, really do big things in this sport. Dana talks about this a lot. He talked about it on Saturday after Ilya talked about it famously after John Jones. Do you feel like a lot of people have been pulling you in different directions since August? Like, have you had to have your radar on and make decisions about which path to go on? You know, people come out of the woodwork, right? When you become a superstar, have you, have you felt that? Uh, no, I, I've had, you know, uncle Emron, my boy Emron, he, he kind of deals with, I, I changed my number and I don't have, I deleted social media. I don't have Instagram on my phone. I don't have Twitter on my phone. I don't get, no one has my personal email. I don't have, no one has my personal number. So I kind of avoid all that. Emron, filters things in if this is important it'll, it'll get to me um some people reach out to tim and if it's important it'll get to me if not i'm i'm you know i'm, I'm doing my own thing wow so you don't have social media so when i see you tweeting or posting who where are you doing that or is someone doing that for you i, I have an assistant blake who uh who's all my socials are on his phone so if i do need to make a tweet i'll either tell him or i'll do it myself or if i need to make a post on Instagram, i'll just do it real quick and then you know i'm just not surfing anymore i'm not going through i'm not receiving other information that I don't really care about. I'll, I'll listen to podcasts. I'll watch you know, the MMA hour to get my political news. But other than that, I don't know. Uh, I don't, I don't really, I'm not surfing as much as I, as I used to. When did you, when did you decide to do that? And, and why did you feel like it was just too much? Um, recently I've just, you know, I was like, I'm just surfing too much. I just don't need to, I've been hanging out with Elena, pushing on the swing. Next thing you know, I'm Instagram pulled up, kind of surfing. It's just, it's so addictive. It is addictive. Nobody likes to think it's so not addictive. My, uh, but by the way, Sean, you're, I think you're covering the speaker now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just so addictive. We get to, we get to surfing. Uh, so I just figured the best way to, you know, not surf is not have it on your phone. I tried putting the timer on there, but then you, you know, you do the 30 minute timer, it pops up type of the password you get you know you're good so best way is just not even have it on your phone okay uh, last thing for you the guy behind you right here this looks like a different human being i thought it was chase hooper for a second it's unbelievable how much you've evolved what what do you see when you see that guy what do you think ufc debut um vegan diet that was uh wasn't very smart was it uh but i see i see just a young a young sugar in his flow um you know, I, I was born to perform. I, I truly believe some people are just born with a certain gift on how to fight and to be warriors. And I think I have that. And that's what I see in this fight. Just like I was just completely in the flow for 15 minutes. I remember in this fight, the second round, I completely gas out. And then I hit at the end of the second, I, I get a third or a second wind going into the third. I start piecing them up. But yeah, I like I really I like rewatching this one. This fight is underrated and has so many highlights, so many clips. Still mad at Dana for not giving us 50,000 50, bonus for this fight. I'm a little bit over it now, but it was a it was a good fight. By the way, when did you drop the veganism? Shortly after this fight, I think I did it for like six months. Um, but yeah, that was I think I heard Ian Gary's on a vegan diet. Yeah, yeah he said that on Saturday. That, that, that's why I just. Uh, asked you about that you you didn't feel like and obviously the diaz brother is probably most famous you didn't feel like it helped you no i everyone's different too everyone's got different you know working on the inside so if, if it's good for some people it's good for them but i wouldn't personally recommend it i think i feel a lot stronger eating eating some good steaks and some good meats so 
Okay, uh, Tim said viral KO a couple weeks ago on this show. What's your official prediction? Yeah, I, I could definitely see that mentally, physically, emotionally. I'm preparing for 25 minutes. I'm preparing to, you know, leave there limping, leave there sore, leave there with my hand hurting from his head. Um, so preparing for, for the worst, but realistically, I'm putting this dude's lights out within three. Can't wait to see it. Sean, thank you, as always, for the time. Good luck in the last few days leading up to the fight. Can't wait for a 299. You look great on Saturday, by the way. I know you don't need to hear this from me, but uh, in case you were wondering what I thought of the the fit, as the kids say, the drip, it was fantastic. Fuck yeah. Thank you, Ariel. And uh, I'll talk soon, brother. Yes, sir. Appreciate it very much. There he is, the bantamweight champion of the UFC. He looked drippy out there. He looked drippy. He looked fantastic. And uh, I can't wait for that fight. What a fight. What a fight, UFC 299, Miami, Florida, on the 9th of March. What a weekend that's going to be. What a, what a three days that's going to be. March 7th, PFL Paris, the return of Cédric Dumbé, March 8th, over in Riyadh, Francis Ngannou versus Anthony Joshua, and then 299, which is some kind of card. Can we officially have the debate now? Is 299 better than 300? Can we have the debate? Is that fair? Sean O'Malley, Marlon Vera, Dustin Poirier, Benoit Saint-Denis, Gilbert Burns, Jack Della Maddalena. I mean, can you make the case that those top three fights are better than the top three USC 300 fights? Is that possible? You can maybe make the case, but I think I'm taking 300 over it. Golly, those are three. Piotr Jan, Song Yudong, Kevin Holland, Michael Venom Page. Sick. That's the, that's the main card. This, this, I obviously, as I mentioned earlier, I have not been around as long as y'all, but this is probably the best back-to-back pay-per-views. 299-300. Yeah, I've seen. I mean, 298 was pretty damn good, yeah. too. Back-to-back-to-back. To back to You're talking about a three-pack. I mean... Oh, by the way... We're in for a treat. Curtis Blades, Jalton Almeida. Oh, by the way, Mateus Gamrot, Rafael Dos Anjos. That's, that one might be flying under the radar the most. I haven't heard one person even mention that. And like, Michelle Pajera back against Michal Olekseshuk. That one's going to be a banger. I mean, Oleg Sechek, he swings for the fences, and then Michelle Pereira. Felipe Lins against Iwan Kuchilaba. I mean, this uh, is something. Now we're hitting the, 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 the point. No, nah, the— Nah, uh, Joanne the, Calderwood, A.K. Joanne Wood. How about the dude making his debut who's got the three-second knockout, five-second knockout, 12-second knockout, longest reach, 87-inch reach, 6-7, Cuban dude? Yeah. Olympic uh, silver medalist? Yes, uh, the big boy, Robelis Despain. Probably uh, watch that. I am— I mean, I, Quite how can you not be excited about that? Dude, dude's fought for like 16 seconds in his last three fights. Oh, my God. This is a card right Bronze here. Bronze medalist at the 2012 London Games. This is a card. Yeah, it's a card, man. These next two are incredible. But, I mean, if you go and look at 300, like, I mean, there's some, there's some pretty incredible fights on this one as well. Uh, I just can't wait for Sean and Cheeto. Sean and Cheeto is going to be so good. Sean and Cheeto is going to be so freaking good. Poirier too would be correct. Poirier BSD would be so good. What you, you think if you think if Sean wins, they do Sean Marab, hundred percent. Yes, I do. Yeah, it feels like if they're it, not, if they're not going to rush him to Ilya, then yeah, it feels. That's it, the feel, it feels like Sean's opening up to it as well. Like he's just like, all right, yeah. After I take care of Cheeto, if, if Marab's next, he's next. I think he finally recognizes that Marab is someone, right? Like he's not just yeah. a guy on the roster, that he has a following, that it will be big. Um, man, you get by Aljo, Cheeto, Marab. I know that, you know there's a lot of steps that have to happen. 
Um, and Ilya does some work. I could I could see it happening down the line just because they're two young, popular guys. That would be a pretty gigantic fight. It's just a lot has to happen, obviously, before we get to that point. Gigantic fight, though. Th- this is kind of how Sean O'Malley operates. He always kind of points to something in the distance that might be a little bit out of reach and then disrespects everybody else underneath there. Um, like, he did this to Cheeto, and now Cheeto's the fight, right? Now it becomes the bigger fight. So um, I'm sure... He's got all the the different irons in the fire. There's no bad options. A Marab fight makes sense. Um, aim for Ilya. Hey, maybe you get that fight, and maybe it's the biggest thing uh, this calendar year. So he's he's in a good position. God, I love that fight. I love that card. I really do. I mean, MVP is about to make his UFC debut in yeah. 10, 19 days. It's a 29. Miami, too. This I year. love that it's in Miami as well. Do you know it's MVP. a leap year? Yeah. Yep. 29. Um, all right. Well, that's very exciting stuff. We will be joined by one other victor from the uh, 298 card. That's Oban Elliott in a matter of moments. Um, did get another text here from Sean Brady in case you were wondering. Um, but I think that uh, I think he was watching live because he sent this at 236. Ask him if I'm so easy why he won't take that fight. Uh, Sean Brady wants that Ian Gary fight, and I don't blame him. That's a uh, that's a big time that's a big time spot for him. And unfortunately, he was supposed to fight on the Atlantic City card on March 31st, which, by the way, we found out. Main event, my no Fiero, Aaron Blanchfield. You guys are going. You hype? We'll be there. I told you it was going to end up that. You did. What do you think? Hype? No hype. Yeah, we'll be there. No, no. I mean, are you hyped? Are you excited? Oh, oh. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll be there. For sure. <laughs> uh, what about the rest of the card? Is there another notable fight on that card? Uh, isn't isn't Luke on it? Oh, something? that's right. Uh, yeah, and Chris Chris Weidman. Yeah, I mean, uh, oh, that's right, Jersey. Chris Weidman. That's right. Uh, New Jersey people on there. Chris Weidman. Uh, we got uh Carlos Olberg. I mean, to get to see Black Carlos Olberg, the ladies' night in person is going to be great. Uh, Anton Turkali, the pleasure man, he's on there as well. <laughs> wow. Um, SD Dumas, Chidi. Chidi versus Reese McKee. Oh, and Joe Kuani. Yeah, it's a card. It's certainly a <laughs> UFC card. First time we'll in AC there. for you? First time in AC. Can't wait. AC gets really cold this time of year. Well, it'll be end of March just because you're on the water there. I'm looking forward to it. When's the last time you were there, Rick? Might have been like a UFC card. Oh, all the way back then? No. You know what? I've gone to, I went to like a PFL or something there. It's been a while though. I'm not. I'm Rick's not itching. Fan. Rick's itching to get back. He's like, let's do two nights. Oh, like, I'll probably just, I'll probably just do the. Anyone one. playing that weekend? Like, uh, usually there's comedy acts. Oh, uh, I mean, it's it's AC. Something's going on. <laughs> Margaritaville, so we're bound to have a good time. I'm not, I'm not sure that that's accurate. Have we picked the hotel yet? You don't have to say here, but I'm just curious. Yeah, Rick's making a push for one. I'm making a push for another. Wow, is Frank's Frank the, got the looks? Is Frank the uh, AC looks or is Frank the? Uh, the the icebreaker. I'll be honest. I didn't even know uh, tiebreaker. I'm, I'll be tiebreaker, honest. I didn't right. even know that uh, Frank was even going. Oh, wow! wow. Get the whole squad down there. Wow! Yeah, it's gonna be a great weekend. I can't wait. Frank, I feel like you've said from the beginning that you were going. I did. But that's that's been done before. That's true. That's oh, a good point. Nice. Believe it when you see it, type of thing. Yep. I get it. Um, all right. Uh, let us go to our final guest of the day. He was victorious in his UFC debut on Saturday. What a week he had. Uh, debuted on this program on Wednesday. 
a, a tearjerker of an interview. I think a lot of people enjoyed it very much and, and perhaps uh, were introduced to him for the first time, at least maybe on, on this side of the pond. Then he went out there, he did the thing, uh, got a little dicey there in the first, got the job done, and then met the man afterwards. A lot to talk to the Welsh gangster Oban Elliott about. He's kind enough to join us once again on the program. There he is, 1-0 and in the UFC, a UFC veteran in front of us here. How are you, sir? Congratulations. Undefeated and undisputed. <laughs> again. I'm good, Ariel. How are you, mate? I'm living the dream. I literally I'm living the dream. Are you on cloud nine? I I don't know what cloud I'm on. I was on cloud nine before the fight, so I don't know. Uh yeah, this is just um honestly. I could be sat outside in the pouring down rain, get bit by a dog, and I'd still be happy right now. Wow. Just on top of the world, mate. On top of the world. So I have a lot of questions about the week, but I do want to ask you specifically about the fight first. Uh, starts off well, yeah, but then I'm watching it and thinking, oh, man, this is this has turned into a nightmare. Are you thinking anything in that moment, <laughs> or are you just trying to survive? What's going on when he rocks you there? I... I I was all right. I honestly, I'd say, I'd say like, like in my contender series fight, I wasn't all right. But that one, he just hit me. He caught me like, yeah, yeah like it does hurt there now still. So uh, as I attack him, when, because when I kicked him, like I could see his, he was like stuttering on the spot and his eyes were all over the place. So I, you know, just went for him. But he just threw like them, them wild hooks one after the other, and the first one caught me flush just behind the ear, which is like your equilibrium spot, isn't it? So I was a bit... And then he just caught me flush three times, um, go down for a sec. As soon as I grabbed the hold of him, though, I thought, all right, and then when he came rushing, I knew that was part of the game plan. Become super, super wild. to just stink under him and shoot under him, and then, yeah, I, you know, took control of the fight from there, but, ah, oh, I didn't panic. I'm glad I didn't panic, but it was a very worrying moment. Yeah, of course. Okay, I was just about to ask you, did you panic at all? Uh, and you say you nah, didn't. No, 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 none of that. It looked, I have to say, have yeah. you have you rewatched it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I felt good. When, when you watched that. Panic? I didn't think no, you didn't look panicked, but, I, mean, but I, I, was, I thought he was on the verge of, of getting the W there. I'm not going to lie. Uh, oh, God. I, I would have absolutely been... Devastated if the, I know I felt all right, honestly. I, I, hey, I'm not here to bullshit anybody. I did feel all right. It was a bit, it was a bit of chaos. But as soon as I um, got the clinch and just like started to try to get a bit of head position, like the fog started to clear straight away. And then when I was on top of him, I felt completely fine. Yeah. Uh, it was just, yeah, just a bit of a moment of madness, really. When you landed that head kick right before, and he didn't seem to, like that landed flush, and the sound even sounded like a, a bat hitting a ball here in, in, in America with the baseball. Like it's, it's like bang. Yeah. He didn't flinch. Were you surprised? Ah, uh, but but his eyes is that you you can you know when you're in there you can see in the eyes and his eyes he wasn't looking at me anymore. Uh. So I was like, it, that's what made me go right. Gonna go in for the kill here. Uh, but I, I guess I jumped the gun a bit and got it straight back. But that's fair. It's all right. That's I, I, I get, I get, you know what? Look, I'm new in the UFC. Like that, 
it was a you know what I I saw the first round finish there as I kicked him and just within a split second I was on the I was on the defensive point so but that's the sport we play that's the game we play it is what it is I'm, I watched that back that's my favourite part of the whole fight <laughs> why is that uh, it's just because it's just madness isn't it you got Joe Rogan going oh <laughs> just the commentators like the crowd like it was filling up as I thought so the crowd got behind it and uh, yeah it's just a moment of madness. I love it. Uh, when when you think back on the fight, the entire body of work, UFC debut, obviously everyone wants a first-round knockout. You want something clean. But are, yeah. are, you, are you proud of the body of work? Are you proud of the fight? That couldn't be more proud of myself, mate. Like, I got rocked in the first 30 seconds. I got more or less dropped in the first 30 seconds of my UFC debut and then go on to completely dominate the fight. So I can't be more proud of myself. Like, just, I just, yeah, how my composure... Um, you know, I think in this journey I've been on, the way my composure is these days, like it's ice cold, and I'm proud of that. I'm proud of how I dealt with the pressure and the nerves leading up because it was getting worse as as the minutes were getting closer. I'll be honest. I hated every second of the changing room, but that's where you're either made or beat. You know, and I'm just yeah, mate. I might be the happiest man in the world now. Honestly, like, my God, I'm so, I look, if I would have finished him in the first round, right, amazing, might have caught a little 50 grand there as well. But I think, you know, this is going to pay a lot more than 50 grand worth of dividends going forward, having three solid rounds in uh, under the lights like that in a big arena like that, where I just become more comfortable as the fight went on. So I'm not just coming to UFC for a little bit of fucking hype and, you know, you know, I'm, I'm going to the top in my, in my head. So that's three rounds of solid experience banked. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, I couldn't have got any better. Even getting dropped and overcoming that. You know, I knew, I knew I had that in me anyway, but you know, on the big stage, what are your throws? No, I, mm. I stood strong. So I'm, I'm landed. Honestly, couldn't be more proud of myself, Ariel. Honestly. What was it like in the changing room? What were the nerves like? What, what was the feeling like? Can you describe? Ah, uh, um, they were pretty bad. I feel like I, I was, you know, keeping it together, but I was just like lying down, shutting my eyes, and then just thinking of the worst and then I'm thinking of like if this goes wrong like it's okay you've come this far like all these things just race around in your head and we're all putting that tough face on and we're all trying to focus on the warm-up that we're doing but when I'm warming up I'm still trying to think of, I'm still thinking of these things as much as I don't want to be thinking of them but they're the demons that, that you got to be that you're in there fighting you know and I just I just had to keep them there, recognize it. That's all they were, demons. Like, keep it together and, and get this job done. And funnily enough, right, I had a, a voice message off Tom Aspinall. The, legend. The, you know, he's... Yeah. The, yeah, exactly. Absolute legend. And he said, in the voice message, I, I'm sure he wouldn't mind me sharing this, but it's, it's pretty, just, you know, A1 advice. He said, uh, you're not fighting the occasion, you're fighting the opponent. And hearing that the week of, I was just like, right, the opponent, how this guy can't beat you. But then that walk, you know, that 
Ah, so all of that was new. All of that was about to come, you know, just trying to force myself to keep it together the whole time. And I did. I did. Uh, I was as calm as I looked, but not changing room, mate. Good God. It's, it's, yeah, you find out what you're made of there, you know. And then you win and you have the great moment on the uh, the microphone and uh, respect yeah, you for, for quoting Ric Flair in 1992, one of the great moments tear in my eye all that was yeah. that, all that off the cuff or did you did you plan any of that I, I had a feeling I might say it right because uh, it's a good thing to say but all of that was off the cuff yeah I'll be honest with you like when Joe was talk, looking at me and I was like fucking Joe Rogan <laughs> stood right there just, you know I'm looking at him I'm like ah oh. and then obviously that just pops into my head the Ric Flair then I hit, get the pop off the crowd and I've watched that much wrestling. Uh, when the crowd cheers, you know when to stop talking. <laughs> get, get, you know what I mean? I just, and next thing you know, I'm cutting a promo and then I'm down the back, down the lens. Ah, just everything like I have ever dreamed of doing, I did on Saturday night, mate. I was just, you know, if I walked out the door and got shot today, I'd be dying a happy man. Trust me. That's how happy I am. Okay, so this is what, Amazing. I'm, this is what I'm dying to know. How, how do we get from there to up in the uh, the suites where the uh, the original gangster was uh, was standing by. What's the how do we how do we make this moment happen? Because I was waiting for it. I was like, there's got to be a picture. There's got to be a video, <laughs> something. And then there it was. Both of you actually standing. We have the photo right here. You're actually posing very much alike. It's unbelievable. There you are, the fist yeah. in front. I mean, it's like almost like that Spider Man meme. Both of you guys. It's amazing. So how it's does it happen? It's amazing. How does it happen? Right. So. Just the chill part, or do you, want to, do you want me to talk you through the whole thing? Oh, well. Because that is the end. It, it, it couldn't have happened. Oh, tell me the whole All thing. that couldn't have happened. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Right, so. Right, you're not going to believe this. So I've come out of the of the thing, right, of the fight. So through my medical. And i got a stinking headache. I'm just like, and I hate this medical, right? So you stick torches in your face, and obviously you've got to comply, but you're still trying to soak in what's supposed to happen. So they put me in the holding thing for another half hour, and then they come in for a recheck. And this lovely, this, oh, I forget the guy's name now. Gentleman comes in, says he's a fan, thank you. Next thing you know, Chael Sonnen's on the phone. He's passing me a phone with his Chael Sonnen on it. And the guy's going, and Chael's going, Steve, Steve. And I go, hello, hello. He goes, Steve, Steve. And I go, it's not Steve, Zoban. And we've got a video of this. Uh, Shaky and my brother got a, a video of this. So I'm talking to Chael, and he's like, I can't exactly remember what he says. I'm talking to Chael now on the phone. And I said, I love you. He goes, I love you too. I'll come and see you straight away. I say, I'll come and see you as soon as I can. So then I'm sitting there. I'm nicking Diet Cokes out of the fridge that the room we're in. And um, getting the medical done, go and do the media. I'm getting the media done. Then I'm doing my pictures. As I'm getting my pictures... Megan O'Leary runs up, and I'm thinking, how am I going to see, you know, I need to go see Chael. Like, obviously, he's going to be here all night. So Megan O'Leary runs over. Oh, this, this is just like a, it's just like a dream. He's all bad. I go, yeah. Do you want to meet CM Punk? I was like, fucking right, I want to meet CM Punk. What do you mean? <laughs> so then I go, right, okay, we'll, we'll get, sort the logistics so that he was busy doing something. So then Big Steve goes, right, we got to do the press conference. So I go, right, okay. So they take me to on the car. They treated me like I was like an A-list celebrity, the, the staff of the UFC, like unbelievable. 
So I'm put on this car. They rip me up to the press conference. I do the press conference. And Steve comes out. He goes, right, team's got to wait in the vehicle. I'm taking over. I'm to meet CM Punk. So we go back down the thing. I meet CM Punk. We're chatting away to CM Punk. And then um, Steve had to wrap that up because I had other things to do. Uh, so I see you later to CM Punk. What an amazing... What an amazing Yeah, yeah we can't like, just I'm, we can't I'm, just bro- I mean you just met yeah, the best I, in the I was world. Just about to say, yeah, okay, well, we can't we can't yeah. skip over this. So I'm fucking meeting CM Punk, right? And uh which is obviously like it's annoying because I guess he couldn't sit there or stand there all night, but we were just talking, bouncing ideas off each other and um again I'd love to tell you exactly what we were talking about, but it was it was so surreal. <laughs> uh just so surreal. Um, yeah, what, what did we say? Yeah, we're just, just talking about how, yeah, I can't even, how I watched him before. I was fanboying and I, and I messaged after and I was, we spoke on text after I was fanboying and then I'm there thinking like, God, oh, fucking hell, why are you being, like, he's, such, he's just a normal guy, like, probably doesn't want me fanboying. So obviously we spoke about that and then, uh, so I'm talking, he tells me about, like, I ask him about how to, with the nerves, like, you know, as wrestlers, do we, you know, do you get nervous? Like, what is it? Because, like, I've always wanted to ask you, one of you guys this, and you being, like, the best in the world. And he said, like, the day I didn't feel the nerves is the day I quit 10 years ago. And I was like, right, so then, you know, I can take that with me the rest of my career now. You know, and every day, no matter how much I'm shitting myself, I'm not changing them. The best in the world in his craft will get butterflies and the, the day then they weren't there for him he, he walked away do you know what I mean so just all the while I'm trying to take my UFC debut in all this hysteria all the cam, everybody's got the camera phone out and their video camera out and I'm just looking at CM Punk like, <laughs> like do you know what I mean how can I put this into words so um and then, yeah, we, we embrace and then, uh, yeah, hope to see you again. And then Steve shuttles me off because he, he like, kind of rushes me then. Then they take me back to the the uh, vehicle where the, my coaches are. And I think, fuck, I didn't, I didn't eat chill. Fuck. <laughs> Fucking. But then I'm talking about the whole CM Punk thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah, well, I'm just going to have to just go one thing at a time. <laughs> And then I'm telling them everything about the CM Punk conversation, which I, at the time now it's just. But then the the driver's phone goes off now, right? Who's <laughs> driving us in this Escalade? Uh, yeah, blah blah blah. Yeah, he's with me now. And then somebody talks to me on the phone. He goes, "Right, this driver's going to wait for you. You're going to get changed. You're going to get back in the car. You're going to go back to the venue, and you're going to come back where security was, and you'll see Steve." So I'm like. Again, so this driver's waiting for me. I'm quickly get dressed, boom, 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 back down, back in the car, straight to the thing. There's like a team waiting for me. They shut me off. They put me through the lift. I go up all through the backstage and then walking along the thing, I'm thinking, well, where is he? Where is he? ESPN set. There he is. Wow. Ah, and I'm like, just uh, become embrace. And then he thanks me for for making making him like because I give him a shout out. And yeah, yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? Of course, you know, of course. Uh, he thanks me for that. 
uh, he actually talks like a technique straight away. <laughs> Says like, you know when you have, you know when he was in the mountain triangle, like he grabbed his head. He was grabbing my head. He was holding technique. I was telling him when I was doing when I was slapping Val's head, like I got that when you fought Anderson in the mount, and uh, wow, they just an unbelievable moment. And he tells me this is just the beginning. We're going to keep this going. Gangster Dink. Hugged him, shook his hand about 50 times, <laughs> hugged him about 50 times, told him I love him about 10 times, and every time he said, I love you too. <laughs> so, yeah, mate, the best. Oh. You met the, did you meet the, I mean, uh, the classy, I mean? the classy Miss Brittany, his wife? Did you meet her too? She, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, like, I felt like I was bothering him, no. bothering him too much as it was. No. I know, but. Uh, I didn't meet Brittany, no, unfortunately. Okay. No. How long did the whole meeting with Chael go? Bro, well, Mirab and Henry were fighting. Oh wow. And I don't know if Ch- I don't know if Chael is gonna mind me saying this, but we're talking for like the whole of the second round, <laughs> then the third round starts, and then he's got his back to the crowd. This is the kind of guy, right? My fucking idol is. He's got his back to the fight, and I said, "I'm sorry, like, do you wanna do you wanna watch his fight?" And he goes. No, no, no! I can cast it out. I'd rather talk to you. Wow! I'm like, and we're just talking, and and he said it's not a surprise. Like I've I've been, uh, you know, following you for so long, uh, and you know he always kept his distance. He was like watching from afar. He'd give me the odd message. He didn't make a friendship of it. I, it's just Ariel. This is just a great. This is just the maddest thing just to absorb. And then I'm still thinking about meeting CM Punk as I'm talking to him. <laughs> and earlier in the and week, the Bisping, to, you know, right? At Bisping, that was, an, uh, do you know what I'm saying? Like, come on. At Bisping, like that. And then I have the fight and meeting with Bisping and he tells me that, you know, looks me in the eye, in the eyes and says, your dad would be so proud of you. And I burst into tears. I'm like, mate, that's coming from you. Like, what did I do to deserve this? I'm thinking to myself, like, Like, how has this all worked out so well, you know? Fuck it, I can't get emotional twice. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, unbelievable. And to top it off, right, I get the job done. And, you know, that's an amazing thing as it was. And even if I wanted to got knocked out by Woodburn, right, or whatever, I've still had an absolutely unbelievable week of my life, which I'll just never, ever, ever forget. You know, just I'm thinking to myself, like, are they just how do they how have they got so much time for me? Like, everybody online is just like, oh, it's just crazy. Just what a surreal and. Mate, I'll just honestly, I could walk out there and I'll get shot in the face, and I'd, but I'll be dying happy, man. Honestly, honestly, that's the about as much as I can put it into words. This whole week, they have so much time for you. They're showing you so much love because you're authentic. Because people see how much this means to you, and they're happy for you, even if they don't know you. I just met you, and I'm delighted for you. I was sitting there, honestly. I, I, I don't. 
I shouldn't say this, but I was rooting for you, man. I was rooting for you, and and you're not yeah, supposed to root for people. You, Ariel, man. But you 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 can't not root for you. It's impossible not to root for you. And and uh, and I, I watched our show back, and you said you want to run for a wall for me, and I appreciate that, man. And I run for a wall for you as well, honestly. I, I appreciate that. Um, it's just amazing to see the passion and how much you love this and how much it means to you. And you're a proper old school fan. You know, you're not just some guy who jumped on the MMA. Like, it's just a, it's, it, you're a very easy guy to root for. And so that's why you're getting all this love. And that's why these people are showing you time because they sense it. They feel it. And, uh, I, and you deserve I, it. I hope, I hope you mean that. I do. <laughs> Honestly. Well, uh, well, uh, and I said that, Chael, funny enough, I said, this is, this is, did I say like, this is the best? I said, like, this is the best day of my life or something like that, or you've just made my life. And he said, me too. He was like, and I said, I hope you mean that. And he says, of course I do. Me too. Because right? he inspired my whole career kind of thing. And he said, me too. And, you know, I hope you mean that. And this is, you can tell when people are being sincere and like this thing. Senior punk, you know, to have that, to have that time give me their time the way these people have given me their time and that just you know it's maybe idolize these people more you know mm. and they don't want to be, you know when pe- people don't want to be spoken to like be fanboy so obviously i'm not gonna try and fanboy too much but that's just i'm not gonna sit there like a lot of these people these fighters right and like Chuck and pretend I've known them for 20 years. Like, I've got a respect that I will always have. I'm like, I tip my hat. I've got a respect for these people. And like, no other, like I respect, like my, like I respect my mother, my coaches, my grandfather and like ideals I've always looked up to kind of thing. Um, I'm always going to show them the utmost respect. Like I, I can't imagine just getting, oh, hey bro, blah, 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 blase, nonchalant. And I see you see people have a couple of fights and then they think they can talk bad or talk to these people as if they're not icons. You know what I mean? And these people I'm talking about, like the Bisping, the Chael, the CM Punk, like they are icons. They've inspired millions and millions of people like myself. They, and it's almost like they don't even know it or they don't want to hear it. Like I said to Bisping, the first thing I said to him, we wouldn't be here if it weren't for you. And he goes, ah, yeah, you would. I saw Punk and I went, mate. And he went, ah, don't do that. Don't do that. Like, <laughs> I said, Chael, and Chael was like, don't be silly. Don't be silly. And I'm like, boys, do you realize who you are? Like, you've got, you've got, yeah, don't walk around arrogant like all these other prima donna fucking fighters that like, you see a lot of them. Don't walk, they're not going to walk around arrogant, but they got to know how important they are. So when I meet these people, like I did, I'm not going to, talk nonsense i'm going to talk the truth and which they are idols of mine but forever and always what was it like when you saw your mom after the fight just uh, insane you know she's insane fucking don't get emotional man (laughs) yeah been a long road you know and to get the job done, this is how much it means. I've crying. I've been on the Ariel Helwani show. I'm here. I've called myself a Welsh gangster. And I've started crying. <laughs> no. This is how it means, you know? How much it means. And it's so easy to just pass your mind back to uh, 
to the bad times, you know? It's so easy to just quickly think of that. And then see my mother still outside the harness centre, you know, saying well done. Ah, oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. By the way, had you crazy. had you ever been to a UFC event before Saturday? Never ever. Wow. Never ever. Because I never wanted to go unless I was fighting on one. And if I wasn't going up and fighting on one, then I wouldn't have gone. Wow. That's just yeah, I could have gone loads of times, but I, ref- I just didn't. I refused. You you made a conscious decision same not to go until you were fighting. Decision. Wow. Same as, same as America. I never wanted to come to America until I fought here. This is your first time in America? This is the second time. The first, oh, right. This is the course. third time. The first time was the first time was the media tour for the contender series right the second time was the fight and, and yeah and i didn't want to come here until it was a, for a fight and me and all the boys in school made a pact and two of the boys come to the they couldn't afford to come to this time or they couldn't logistically come it was one of the two but two of the boys i went to school with were at the contender series fight and neither of them had gone to america wow or but yeah yeah so mate it's can't, I can't believe it still. <laughs> and and, and so, you know it's amazing. I gotta get over it, I guess. You you uh, I gotta get over it, I guess. You 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 stole all the headlines, but uh, what about your coach, Shaky Shore, stealing some headlines on Friday with that uh, oh, that weight cut? <laughs> did you know he did that? I it, right, I was lying in the sauna blanket. Right, this is what he's fucking like. I'm lying in the sauna blanket. I've cut the last pound took ages. But I didn't cut much, like, at all, right? It was nowhere near the amount he said. But he took a photo and winded up. He said, oh, this would be funny. Uh, Chuck this on now. We'll pretend. Because I fought in three weight classes, you know, early on in my career. I was like, you know, that's the thing. Up and down the weights, any weight, any time. So he chucked it on thinking it would just be like a... And I thought it would be an under the rug. You know, not many people would laugh. But there's got like a million views and... It's getting shared everywhere. And there's the Daily Express has wrote a news article about it, but yeah, I didn't cut that much weight. He was proud of that. <laughs> he was he was constant. He was so proud of that. Yeah, hilarious. That was hilarious. How, how people thought that that was the case, as if I wouldn't read the contract. Come on. Yeah, yeah no, of course. <laughs> and and uh, if you didn't, why would you admit that? Um, but it, great stuff. And so, and you alluded to this just before. All right, now you got now you're here. Now you got to almost yeah. not let it, like you're this is this is your life this is your career you are here you have a mm. victory how do you not let all the other stuff you know get the best of you or maybe that's the way you want it do you want it to always feel special and emotional and bigger or do you do you want to try to settle in you know, uh, do you know what I'm saying it's emo- it's emotional because as I'm talking to you I'm thinking of like when you as soon as you say the word mother yeah I'm like oh fuck father oh fuck but. I'll deal with it the same way I dealt with it Saturday. I walked through that curtain looking directly at Van der Lee Silva, weirdly enough. I don't know what he was doing. Hey, yeah, yeah. But I had to switch on and get the job done. So, I, and that's why, again, I'm proud of myself because obviously I put a lot of pressure into getting here, put myself, put a lot of pressure on myself to get in here. So, the same way I did Saturday, knuckle down, focus and get a job you know, fight the opponent in front of me. Like Tom Aspinall said, you're fighting the opponent, not the occasion. And these are all just human beings in this, in this organization, mate. Um, 
I'm not going to be, I'll be, I'll always fanboy and show respect where it's due. But when it comes to getting in the octagon and fighting, I'm not going to, you know, it's, it's business then, you know, business. When you tunnel vision, concentrating. When do you want to return? They're saying that they got a Manchester card in July. Mm-hmm. That'll be that'll be really good because this home show maybe that'll be that'll be nice. Time, uh, you know, timing wise, got to let my body heal. I got a few bumps and bruises I had going into this fight that you know I got to make sure everything's okay before I hit another training camp. But uh, definitely in the summer. Definitely in the summer. Not too soon where I'm rushing. Definitely in the summer. And hopefully a, a Manchester card in July, if that is true. I'd love to be on that one. Do you have someone in mind? Honestly, mate. And this is and this is a this is a very important part of uh an interview, right? You've got to set up the next fight, but mm. I can't think of a single person that's gonna that is even worth thinking about at the minute after the week I've had. So other than Roman Reigns later on <laughs> in the Honda Center. Oh, are you going to Raw tonight? Oh. We'll see. Come um, on. I um, forgot it's there tonight. I forgot. That's incredible. Yeah, Have you yeah, been to yeah. Raw? No. Oh, years ago. 20 years ago. Oh, my. I was a little kid. Are you going to walk out? On, are, you, are you a part? Like, this is... If you, let me tell you something about it. if they show you on there, I mean I'm gonna be, I'm gonna that 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 is I'm, <laughs> I don't even know what I'm gonna do, but that is they better hey, show you on there. Gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hit up Michael Cole right now and Triple H and say give this man the uh, the hey, first class treatment. Yes, yes, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see, but um, you know, I'm afraid. I don't have any name in mind That's that fine. I can. Yeah, you got. I guess you got to have one lined up, but for now, let's just let's just enjoy this one until 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 I've dealt with a couple of wrestlers later on, and then we'll get back. Uh, to I love it. I love it. What about that promo from The Rock on Friday? Were you too busy to see that Hollywood Rock coming out? Oh no, I I, I watched that. Unbelievable. Amazing, oh, right? My God. Yeah, some of the great, this is this is unbelievable work. I hope he's not gone after WrestleMania. I hope he's still. What did you think? You think he's, he's setting up to uh, to turn on Roman because he did the one like this, and people were saying he was pointing at him. Did you see all those conspiracy theories? Yeah, I did. I did. I, is he? I think are they gonna like crumble on the inside? I feel like is, he's gonna help gonna get Cody together? beat Roman, and then they'll do a one year build to forty one. But it almost seems too obvious at this point. Yeah, he's going to help Cody beat Roman, and then they're going to be like, the only reason you still got that belt is because of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's going to be like, uh, it does feel a bit too obvious, but we thought uh, it was a bit too obvious when Rock and Roman, you know, the boys uh, behind the scenes at WWE at the minute, their bookings are unbelievable. Yeah, they're on fire. They are on fire. So I'm just, I can't help but just be excited and just appreciate what we see week to week, twice a week. It's unreal at the minute, isn't it? Man, and your life is unreal. You're yeah. flying high. I forgot about Rod tonight. I mean, what a week for you. I was wondering, why is he staying there a couple extra days? Now it all makes sense. Now it all makes sense. So we'll tune in tonight and see how that yeah, all plays it's, out. Um, it's, uh, yeah, as you say, my life is crazy. Like, 
after this interview, I'm still going to sit here looking out this window like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know? Just, yeah. Take, try to take it in. Yeah. Try to take it in. We don't do enough of that. So enjoy it. Well done to you, my friend. Uh, congratulations. You got it done. Thank 1-0 so now much, in the mate. UFC. Undefeated, undisputed. And uh, I look forward to the next one. Thank you for for giving us a reminder why this sport is so special. Stories like you are a reminder, right? The Man. good guys. It's it's a beautiful thing. So thank you for what you've given us over the past thank week. Thank you. Honestly, right. What, like, what? The, that's unbelievable what you're saying about me there. It's the like, truth. I guess maybe I'm being a bit too humble, but thank you so much. And yeah. They're calling me one of the good guys, but never forget, I'll always be the bad guy, all right? <laughs> Until next time, brother. Well done, Until Oban. Until next time. You're the man. There he is. Thank you. The Welsh gangster, Oban Elliott. How could you not love that guy? Tremendous stuff from him. Delighted for him. And uh, now the journey actually really begins. He gets the first UFC fight out of the way. First official one, of course, had the Contender Series fight back in August. Gets the first one. Shout out to Val Woodburn. Entered the UFC on very trying... Uh, circumstances fighting Bo Nickel on like four days notice and I'd like to see him get one more chance Um, took that fight I mean a lot of people aren't signing up for that but took it to get in had a nice first round there almost got the job done I would like to see him get one more chance here at 170 Um, you know to to at least try to go for it Uh, but very very happy for Oban and I'll be tuning into Raw tonight to see if they actually give him some level uh, hit up Uncle Nick and company later on to make sure that that happens, as if I have that kind of stroke. Now, uh, we need to see how the Parlay boys did over the weekend at UFC 298. And I do have to tell you about something that Juliana Pena told me. But first, they, it's a good time. And uh, I'm not sure if the Parlay boys had a good time on Saturday. Let us find out. I think not. Yeah, unfortunately, we did not. Okay. Uh, remain winless in uh, 2024. <laughs> At least we're consistent. So, I mean, we are, yeah. It's, uh, it's getting late. I mean, February 20th, February 19th. 19th, yeah. Still no wins. Um, unfortunately, Juliana Pena's uh, dog pick of Roman Kopilov, uh did not come through. Great performance by, by Anthony Hernandez. So I did get a, a text Yeah, I'm, from... I'm curious to hear what this is going to be. Uh-huh. This is right after... That fight, right after that fight, Julian. As soon as the fight ended, uh, within I mean, that was the first fight of the night at ten o'clock. This came at ten thirty-five Eastern. This this doesn't feel like yeah, uh, this doesn't feel good. This, you want to hear this, what it is? This this feels like the gloves are getting taken off. No, but we're about to it's a threat. Here. Quote a threat. Quote. She's costing the parlay and she's threatening. Listen, us? listen. Okay. Quote, right, right. If I don't get my pick right next week, I quit. Oh, all right. oh, we're all good. Right. She's going to get the pick right. And then I, I wrote worse. back a threat <laughs> with an exclamation. She wrote back a very serious one. I can't handle this. I'm about to break my TV like they do on the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no need for that. She uh, also uh, admitted, by the way, that she was biased. She sent me then a picture of her and Roman Kopilov. And, uh been picking a lot with the heart lately. I said... And the eyes. I said, did the, did the strategy change? She said, no, I was biased. I mean, she was rock solid for so long. And then I said, she was on fire. She said, yes. And then I said, you can't pick with your heart. And she said, I know. So it feels like this is it. The, the fate and the wow. future of the Parlay Boys hinges on 
UFC Mexico or KSW I mean, Epic or Bellator yeah, whatever, PFL. Whatever she goes with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I have Saturday's shaping up to, my, to be my Super Bowl. Five flyweight fights, including the main event. Oh, wow. Juliana Pena in the parlay, pals, boys, whatever you want to call it. A lot of riding on Saturday. Yeah. All right. I have, I have no doubt. I have, I have all the faith in the world. I'm looking forward to it. So if, if she does leave, are you back, or do we have to find a, a I, Honestly, that was the worst. somebody else who can't. No, no, that was the worst part of the text. I was like, oh, my God, does this mean I have to come back? <laughs> but, I mean, we could, we could try and find a free agent out there. Yeah. I might come back. Wow. I feel like Oban Elliott would give some, this some good This is breaking picks. news right I mean, I miss it a little bit. Okay. Hey. I miss it. I mean, I honestly, mean, I, saw, I saw some you throwing out a little bit of, you know, uh, well, my, my, three three, my three for three, my three for three parlay. I mean, look, could use the help, you know. Am I, am I you know, am I thriving? Well, and, and, that, and that might be the thing. Maybe I need to come back to save the save squad. The yeah. yeah, why not? Maybe that's I'll what take you uh, Yeah, I went three for three. Thanks for noticing. Uh, I picked Oban, picked Marab, and uh, what was the last one? Ian Gary. Yeah, good choice. Oh, that's a great point. I, I know they're all favorites, but, you know, things can happen. Well, it's okay. I 11 mean, it, of the 12 fighters that won on Saturday were favorites. That's right. The one was Ilya, right? That's yeah. right. What yeah, a factoid. And he was pretty close to even, you know, throughout. Yeah. So, big uh, the What about the rest of the night for you, GC? Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of favorites won, so that, that typically means that I do good. You know, I, I like I like taking the chalk. I like yeah, taking the minus, the minus money picks, uh, and that's what I did. Took a couple flyers. Val Woodburn, you know, I was okay with that one just because it was Oban Elliott. But for a moment there in that in that first round, it it looked a a tad dicey, but obviously Oban bounced back beautifully and got the win. Uh, Habero, man, I knew someone was gonna fall, but for a second it looked like Habero was gonna get it done. That would have been a uh, a crazy cash plus six hundred. Finished the night really strong. Do well on the singles. Hit the only parlay of the night, though that that Volkdeporia over one and a half was. Uh, was very close to to not hitting. So overall, great week, great bounce back. Needed that uh, five and a half units on the week. Almost back in the green in twenty twenty four, but we are back above one hundred units all time, which is a a nice place to be. Uh, and I'm not the only one who cashed out. We do have uh, we have some big hitters. I I want. Oh to say. yes, let's go. Oh, I wonder. I wonder what did someone do. I wonder if someone did a parlay of every single favorite on the card, and then it comes down to the main event. So it's funny that you say that. I actually got a couple that were all the favorites parlayed, and then they missed because of Volkanovski yeah. unfortunately losing. But I did get a couple of these. Uh, we start with our guy Dennis Barrier99. 12 up, 12 down. He called Elia all favorites except... For the Matador and uh, plus sixteen thousand four hundred and sixty-seven turns ten euros into over sixteen hundred. Uh, not a bad night for him. Another one, Juvie Doobie Do uh, Juve, I guess is the name. He doesn't go full card, but he goes Taporia KO, Whitaker decision, Machado Gary by KO or decision, Marab by decision. I mean. Gets them all right. Uh, Ten leg parlay turns five dollars into eight hundred and sixteen. Uh, and then one more. This man, twelve for twelve, native Nordic, uh, paper slip. Gotta love to see a paper slip. Uh, can't tell if that's a car or something. Uh, could maybe wow. use cleaning there. But plus eleven thousand five seventy four. Uh, gets them all right. Bang. 
Don't know how much money he made off of it. I think it's. I think that might be five dollars into five hundred seventy-eight. Either way, a uh, a great night for him. Some exactus. Some people who just saw into the uh, the crystal ball and got it dead on. Uncle Glenn, Uncle G. He goes Ilya Tapori to win by KO in round two. And then he also calls fight to be won between the three-minute mark and the 359 mark in round two. That was going at plus 2,500. So don't know how he called that. Don't know if he took multiple minutes, but, I mean, he just nailed that one. Just nailed the main event. And then you have John 78166851. I feel like we could use a few less numbers in that sure. one, Johnny. But uh, he goes... Ilya Taporia by KO, Ilya Taporia by KO in round two, and Ilya Taporia money line. Uh, so just right across the board, nails it. I mean, just got it all right. Uh, one more of these. Dan Work 04. I think this guy actually made an account to be able to submit big hitters. Uh, a friend of uh, one of our very own, Mikey. And I think it's literally his friend from work, Dan. But anyway, he called Ilya Taporia. By KO in round two, plus fourteen hundred had a hundred dollars on that, paid out fifteen hundred. I can't imagine how crazy it went. And then just two more quick parlays: JYC four N plus twelve thousand eight hundred forty-seven, Hernandez by submission, Marab by points, Gary by points, Whitaker by points, Ilya Taporia by KO. Not only does he go five for five on the main card, he gets the exact method of victory for all of them correct. Uh, so talk about a crystal ball. That's as good as it gets. And then last but not least, a 10-leg parlay for Curtius Curtis, plus 9000 Just all over the board there. It turns $25 into 2276 A lot to choose from this week. A lot of people on Elia. A lot of people knew he was going to get it done, but that is the big hitters. Uh, so congratulations to, uh, to all the winners. Yes, congratulations to them. Uh, congrats to Vanderlei Silva as well, who uh, we found out will be inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. Very well-deserved. There was a reporter at the post-fight press conference who said to Dana White around 10 years ago, maybe less, he said that uh, Vanderlei would be Pete Rose from the Hall of Fame, and he was very critical of the UFC upon leaving. And Dana, I guess to his credit, said he didn't remember that and was, uh, I guess, happy he didn't remember it because uh, maybe it gave some of us hope that uh, grudges could be buried. That uh, people are growing up and evolving. So that was nice to see. I don't even remember the Pete Rose comment. Rick, do you remember this? Absolutely not. Yeah. I, I, Does cred- anyone have a video of it or anything? I don't know. But credit to this reporter who asked him that question. I was like, wow, good for you, man. Well done. Great question. Um, with how much things change and how much happens in this sport, I was, I was very, very impressed. Uh, two new champions, two UFC pay-per-views. Uh, obviously, Raquel Pennington, there was going to be a new champion, but a title changes hands back-to-back. What is the line, by the way? Is there such a thing on how many title changes in 2024? Is that, is that a thing? Uh, is that a prop? No, but that would be a great one to... I do. feel like, I mean, and you got next month, and then, uh, I mean, you got two titles. Like, this could be, this could be like an over nine, an over ten... This could be a crazy year. There's a lot of parody. There's a lot of, you know, and this is why we love the UFC. This is why we love MMA. The best fight, the best. There's no dilly-dallying. There's no people uh, 
taking tune-up fights or BS fights or anything like that. You, you got to face. That's why Sean, if he wins, he has to face Marab, in my opinion. Uh, speaking of a different Sean, Sean Strickland, Robert Whitaker, I didn't ask you guys about this. Does this fight happen next? Makes sense. I feel like I'm, it makes total sense. I'd love it. I think it Does would it be happen? a fantastic fight. There's not a lot of guys Robert Whitaker hasn't fought, right? So that you're you're kind of limited on options there. Um, Strickland, I think there's more options, right? Like, I don't think it necessarily has to be his fight. For Whitaker, yeah. Um, it happens, right? Why not? I love that fight. I love Ian Gary versus Colby. Colby I yeah. still don't. He did a great job of selling it, but I just I don't see Colby yeah. saying yes to it, right? It, it feels like the Whitaker-Strickland fight is more realistic than so, yeah. Gary if, if not Gary, who for Colby? I like a Wonder Boy type. He said he wouldn't want to fight Wonder Boy, but as soon as he said that, I was like, that's exactly who he would want to fight. Who said that? Who said that? Ian Gary. No, no, no. Ian said he would want to fight Wonder Boy. He said he didn't want to fight Gilbert Burns. I thought he said... Yeah, no, he, he said, I still everybody. want that Wonder Boy fight. Gilbert, I'd say yes to, but I love him. We'd ultimately fight each other. But remember, Colby, after the Leon fight, said he'd want to fight Wonder Boy. I just don't think that Colby takes that fight. Uh, Sean Brady, I like a lot. I, I get what he is. Actually... He cut a great promo on Sean Brady. Like, that kind of made me want to see the fight. I, I don't think that that was his intention. Um, I mean, he kind of just brushed him off. Yeah, it was like, one I of those. I don't rate him at all. Yeah. Ian, on International Fight Week, I just don't see Dublin in the cards at the moment. Maybe I'll be wrong. Ian, International Fight Week against Colby would be a nice addition to this card. If, if Connor, you know, if, if, maybe if Connor doesn't need the money or he wants to fight, you know, just out of the kindness of his heart, this whole money thing is so weird to me that they keep bringing this up as a reason as to why he doesn't want to fight. Like, what does the guy have to do? What does he have to do to convince them that he wants to fight? I don't get it. Get into a full camp, quote unquote. And, and someone asked Dana, uh, was he ever considered for 300? Nope. What? How is he not even considered? He wasn't even considered? Like, there wasn't even a conversation? Well, to be fair, they had a list of 15 different yeah. fights, so uh, maybe they were working their way down to Connor. And they settled on the one that was supposed to main event, the May 4th paper. Connor versus Chandler, ahead of Leon Bilal on the list, Probably on the not, no. list, you think? No, no. Poor Brazilian Under- fans, by the way. Du Bronx and Pereira fighting. Oh, but on, have no fear. Yeah. Alex is the <laughs> forecasting. Oh, he's, he's going to come back? For the, for the, for the I like that forecast. No problem. So what are they going to do? Pantoja headline? Against who? Yeah, that's the tough part. That's the tough part. That can't headline a pay-per-view, with all due respect. Can't, yeah, I mean, it can. Nice, can. Nice, oh, yeah, I mean, it can. Yes, anything can yeah. happen. Uh, nice co-main. Perfect co-main for, Great co-main. for Brazil. Uh, Pereira. But if there's no other options. Pereira no versus options, Jamal would have been so great. Jamal comes back to Rio yeah. where he beat Glow. I mean, there's so many stories there. Anyway, not to put the uh, cart before the horse, but <clears throat> looking like we're going to have a very big uh, guest in studio on Wednesday. One of the names we just mentioned, but I don't, I don't want to jinx this one, so stay like tuned that. for that. I like that. No jinxing going on. I'm so, knocking on wood back here. Yeah, yeah. No, it would be nice. Um, and by the way, speaking of in studio, I've been, I've been doing this show for almost 15 years. June will be 15 years. Some variation of it, of course, there were the three years at ESPN, but it was the same freaking show. Uh, rumor has it, first time ever, my family in attendance? Is this true? We can confirm. Wow. Yeah, confirm those rumors. Have they what, been... Why doesn't somebody like let's, come in here? Let's get the, uh, let's get the, uh, the, 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 the control room shot. Are they in the control room shot? Yeah, we're going we're gonna ha- to... Are they hiding? Slide over. No, no, no. They're, They're just sitting in. Let's bring them in. Yeah. Can we bring them in? Can we bring the kids in? 
First time ever? Are they shy? Yeah, there's a oh, touch no. of reluctance. Come on, yeah. we're, we're, we're coming. We're coming. Let's go. First time ever. Lots of confusion. Are they just, are they, they just want to steal our drinks back here. Oh, I see some activity. You've caught people a little bit off guard on the, on the bring them in part. No, come in no, the no, studio. Oh, there's the, come in studio. Come in here. Oh, they, okay. Ariel says to go into the studio. Into the studio. Yeah. First time ever. This doesn't happen. I've been doing the show 15 years. No one's come to the show. All right. Joe's, uh, Joe's, Joe's getting them in. A walk. Let's see it. This is big. Where are they? But they'll see everything. No, this is... Oh, look, here comes the good show. Yeah, the crew is here. Walter, come in. Oliver, Claire, Jack, look at this guy. Oh, look at this cool crew with the cool hats, got the Raptors hat, got the Grizzly. Guys, act like you're excited. Hello, Claire, how are you? You don't want to come in? She doesn't want to come in. Look they at this. They are from school and everything. They are from school. Let's see this shot right here. Look at these guys. Uh, the one. Look at you guys. Claire, come in. Come in. What do you guys have to say? Walter, say hello to the world. Hello. Hello, everyone. This is Walter. Uh, Walter just celebrated his birthday. Yes? Yeah. Uh, did you have a good birthday? Yeah. Do you think this is cool? Yeah. Now you finally see what I do for a living. Pretty amazing, right? Yeah. You like my forest jersey over there? Got some stuff. It's fire. Uh, Oliver, how are you? Say hello to the world. This is your, your big YouTube watcher. I mean, yeah. this is you uh, you and Kai Sinat yeah. on the same level. Say mm -hmm. hi to everyone. What do you have to say? Um, hi. Okay, nice. What's up? What's up? Yeah. Do you want to tell anyone anything about your Fortnite, about your... Um, not really. Okay, and what about Claire over here? My lovey dove Claire. How are you, Claire? Claire is no uh, stranger to the uh, cameras. You like to do your pics right on the show. There she. Oh, let's get rid of this right over here. Claire, say hello to the world right over there. Hello. Uh, what do you think? This weekend, Yair Rodriguez or Brian Ortega? I don't know. What do you mean? Uh, you have to have a pick. <laughs> Yair or Brian? Yeah, yeah. Oh, El Pantera. You like him? <laughs> is this cool? Random people. Yeah. Is this fun? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I love you guys. Please don't steal all of our drinks back there, all right? <laughs> this is great. Oh, leaving me hanging. Okay, I'll see you in a moment. Peace out. Is this cool? Is this fun? Yeah. Is your dad cool? Yeah. All right, fine. Doesn't sound so convincing. <laughs> Hello, Jacqueline. How are you? Um, well, that was nice. You, you're sure you don't want to come on? Mm, doesn't seem like she wants to come on. All right, fine. You've done, you've done, you, the fact that you I made mean, it here is big enough. After hello, Jacqueline, how are you? I'm yeah, so shocked. I love that. As, as <laughs> Come on, what a, as what a greeting. kid's manager. What am I supposed to say? I mean, I I mean, you said with the same tone to like uh, yeah. oh, yeah, on Plinio or something. Yeah. <laughs> so when they come in, uh, <laughs> when they come in with the social media, yeah. yeah. Let her come on your shot over there. I, I mean, I didn't want to make her too nervous, you know? Uh, is she there or no, back there? We're, we're getting everybody settled. Uh, but, she's right. in the they green can, room. They can't hear you. You're you're asking for things that are uh, <laughs> that are impossible to. Uh, no, not impossible. Not to impossible. pull off. We can make it. Well, this is lovely, guys. That was a heartwarming moment, right? Uh, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> first time in first time in history. First time in history. Never happened before. Went to the seaport once back in the ESPN days, um, but never before on a live program like this. Oh, there she is. Oh. <laughs> Hello. Shot better. Uh, Jacqueline and I have been together since uh, when? Seventh grade. Uh, you got to get into the camera shot there. I mean, let's not. Yeah, I can't do this alone. Come on. <laughs> and now you actually know what I do for. A... Look at this shot. This is great. Uh, now you know what I do for a living here. 
I mean, we did this in a one-bedroom apartment. I saw everything that you did for the last 20 years. That's amazing. Look at that. And uh, you've, you've, how long have you been back there for? Back here? Yes. How, like, when did you guys arrive? Control room? Yeah. 3 p.m., right? Sure. You're usually yeah, right on the dot. She actually, you said she was going to text me between 3 and 3.15. She texted me at like 2.54. Sure. Yeah, I believe that. And now about to, about to come up. True or false, you've watched more of my show in the last hour back there in the control room than the last 10 years. What do you say? What do you say? False. Okay. <laughs> Oban Elliott was a good guest, though, right? Wasn't he great? He was great. Who's your favorite fighter of all time? I've just got to say, yeah. as soon as he, no, as soon as he came on, Jacqueline goes, that's the guy who's, who's friends with, with Chael. Oh. Who loves Chael. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She, said she nailed gangster. it right away. She said Welsh yeah, Gangster. Welsh Gangster. Yeah, well. I showed you the clip. Yeah, yeah, she saw it. Uh, who's your all-time favorite? Who would you say is your all-time favorite? I have to say GSP. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, you went to GSP versus Condit, I think, right? Back in the day with my mom. I did, with your mom. Was it Condit or Diaz? Knows. No, I think it was Condit. Yes. UFC 154, who could forget? Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, this is great. Thank you for coming. Love you guys very much. Appreciate you Thanks on this President's us. Day. I mean, she has work today. She took off work to come uh, to the studio here. It's no hop, skip, and right a jump, right? So we appreciate it. It is President's Day. Yeah, it is President's Day. But it's, you know, Canadian company. Check out Anzi, anzi.com, A-N-Z-I-E, if you're looking for that special uh, Valentine's, post-Valentine's gift, you know, for that special someone in your life, right? Any sales going on? Mother's Day coming Mother's up. Day, of course, in May. I Valentine's mean, is done. Valentine's is done. But, you know, if you're late, if you didn't get that special someone... Actually, one the time, popular post I, GC, uh, I, I told him to go to Sasabune with his girlfriend, and uh, they loved it. Never went back, though, which I don't know if is a bad sign. You know, you kind of got to gotta ball out when you're going, man. It's a special occasion. Right, right. Okay. Um, any thoughts on 299, Jacqueline? Or, uh, oh, God. 300 don't do this to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, we won't do it. Uh, well, that was a lot of fun. Appreciate that. Uh, what a fun day it has been on the program. And yes, uh, like I said, uh, we could have a big guest in studio on Wednesday. So stay tuned for that. Delighted to have the family here, the kids here. Usually they're in school, they're doing all kinds of things, uh, but very much wanted them to be here today. And I hope Frank put on his uh, mask back there because Actually, they've been known. Well, no. had I known that they were going to be here earlier than three, I could have done that. Uh, but um, we introduce ourselves to Jacqueline and the kids, and the first thing Jacqueline says is, the kids want to know who Mysterious Frank is. Uh, I don't <laughs> think they figured it out yet, because we've been all going under the name Frank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, perfect. Let's keep that between us, all right? Perfect. Um, yes, I want to fix my flag here. People upset about that. We're all hey, You good. can't just drop the American flag. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. President's I mean, it Let's was, move this out of the way. It was, my, it was blocking Claire's face. That's going to get snipped and all over Instagram. I should have moved it here. I apologize to everyone. That's not what I meant to do. It was just right there. And, uh, you know, I want Claire to have her moment. Um, but this is nice. What a day. What a day. All great guests, all in great form, great spirits. And then we, uh, we top it off with the family Nothing better than that. So my heart is is warm and grateful and thankful. And uh, now I'll give them a tour. Maybe they'll steal some of our stuff here, right? They deserve that. A couple toys here. Um, I don't really have else to say, much to say. I, I'm, I'm pretty much done here, Frankie. So I think we can go, right? I read all my things. We're good, yeah? Yeah. yeah. You've, you've checked all the boxes. We certainly have, Frank. We certainly have. And I uh, feel good about those things. 
going to be great to have Alex Pereira in studio on Wednesday. Can't wait for that, Poatan. That's going to be amazing. And uh, I'm looking forward. Oh, we gonna, no, you know, I just kind of said I'm going to say, I feel like I'm we just, just jinxed that there. 100%. I was like, did you already let it slip? Early? I'm knocking even harder on this wood. Yeah. No, nah, it's going to be great. Listen, you get you get booked for 300 and uh, this is... Where you, know, you go. Yeah. This is the next stop you make. Right. Um... It's like it's like when you win the Super Bowl, you go to you go to Disney World, you get booked yep. for three hundred, you come on the show first. I actually think I did see yeah, a clip of Alex Pereira. They said you, you've just been booked in the main event of three hundred. What are you doing <laughs> next? He said, "I'm heading to the MMA hour." Yeah, straight from Dubai. He was with Sensei Segal over the weekend. Yes, uh, which yes. is quite the you know penthouse to outhouse formation. Uh, I do want to also thank Oban Elliott gave us a nice shout out at the post fight press conference. Uh, or his post-fight press conference on Saturday. So I thought that was really cool as well. So much love to him. What a great guy. How could you not root for him? And uh, all the guests today I thought were fantastic. So thank you very much to Ian Machado Gary. Great, great stuff from him, I thought. Love the passion, love the energy. Great stuff from Marab Duwalishvili. Almost like he's a little bit emotional right now as he's realizing everything that he dreamed of is coming to fruition. It's beautiful to see. Shout out to the champ, Sugar Sean O'Malley. Amazing stuff from him. And of course... The Welsh gangster, Oban Elliott, as well. Congrats to them all. Good luck to Sean. Thanks to all of you. Thanks to all of them. Thanks to my family. Back on Wednesday, same time and place to listen. Peace, everybody.